ops, and a little bit of paranoia. Welcome to the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. Welcome to tonight's show, folks. I hope we don't have any audio issues because we've had enough setup issues for tonight's show. Um, so if anyone's in the stream and if we sound weird, please let me know as soon as it happens. The weird audio problem we had with OBS not long ago happened to me in Streamlabs the other day while I was trying to do a local recording of something. And I'm really hoping that it's not going to happen tonight. <laughs> so, welcome to tonight's show. I think I said that already. Uh, I'm your host, Nate, as usual, and I'm joined by two of our usual co-hosts. We're getting to be regulars at this point. Uncle Mark and Jason. Go ahead, fight over who's going to speak. Hi. Hey. Oh. I actually, that was the longest friggin' pre-show bullshittery we've had in I don't know how long. It has been a I, while. I, I still don't believe we're live right now. It's really, it's all my fault because I switched. Yes. I switched. Yes, it is. I switched recording apps last minute. Well, technically I switched. For, I, I, I did the first half of switching recording apps after last recording, which was, mm -hmm. which was um, three weeks ago at this point. The first half right. was to cancel uh, Squadcast because I wanted to try Zencaster because I'd heard some good things and they'd made some changes recently. And I forgot to set up the account with Zencaster until about half an hour before we went live. So <sighs> here we are live right. with Listening Zencaster. Information here. <laughs> and Jaskar, I see you're saying we sound good. I'm so relieved to hear that. So tonight... Um, well, first of all, welcome back, everybody. Thank you for anyone who's hung with us in the, the short sabbatical that we had. The, uh, uh, well, my wife had surgery. That's why we skipped last, uh, last episode. Everything's fine. You know, nothing, nothing crazy. She's recovering really well. And all of that is behind us now. So thank you guys for, uh, for bearing with us there. Uh, but on with the show, right? So tonight... I had this crazy idea for a topic. Well, I had a number of crazy ideas for a topic. Uh, this one's been rolling around in my head since, um, well, not long ago. I came across this cool laptop hardware project. Do, do you guys remember there was a project? I think it came from Google. Uh, first, they called it Project Aria, and then they switched it to Phone Blocks. That ring a bell for no. either of you? Yes. No, but Google yep. starts and cancels so much stuff. I'm they not do. Surprised they do. Yeah, that was that was their modular yeah. phone. Yeah. Thing, so the idea it? was you got this frame, mm. which was basically like the screen, and a few other internals, and like a, a main uh, sort of backplane, and then there were these modular pieces that you could plug in to the this frame, and then you could. You basically had a phone that you could, I don't want to say build yourself, but you could customize. You could say, I want, I don't really care so much about the camera, so I'm going to have a lower end camera, but I really want extra battery life. So I'm going to plug in these extra battery modules, or I really want a 5G radio, snap that in, right? Um, but it never went anywhere. Well, I came okay. across another project that's doing a very similar thing, except with laptops, right? And it really, it, it reminded me of something that's kind of bothered me about technology for a while. And uh, you're going to have to bear with me for a moment while I tell you a short story. Uh, when I was a kid, of course... Oh, Dad, you're so boring! <laughs> when I was a kid, of course, as you might guess, judging where my life went and, you know, that I'm in technology and now, I was always fascinated with gadgets. And I remember when I was rather young, I can't remember when this was, but at, like, a dime store, if anyone remembers what a freaking dime store is, I bought this little 
flashlight. It was like a pocket flashlight. That one of these where you'd squeeze it, right? Uh, and when you squeezed it, it would the light would come on. And one of the first questions I had for my dad about this flashlight when I had it for a little while was, I don't see any battery cover. How do I change the battery when it dies? And my dad looked at it, and him, of course, being in technology as well, quickly identified that this flashlight isn't serviceable. You can't replace the battery. If the light bulb were to die, I think it was an LED, to be honest. Maybe it wasn't, but whatever it was. If the light bulb were to die, you couldn't replace it. It was meant to be throwaway, right? It was just, it was cheap. The thing was cheap enough that I could afford it as a little kid, you know, with whatever change I had laying around. And it just, it wasn't meant to be a long-lasting serviceable item. And I thought that that was a weird thing to do with anything, right? Because think about it, you get a flashlight, but especially flashlights of the time, they were like these plastic cases that you'd pop C-cell batteries into and you could replace the light bulb and you could unscrew the cap and replace the lens if you had to, right? Um, and this thing was the complete opposite end of that. You couldn't change anything about it. You couldn't even change the battery, right? And then that... I've seen more and more products coming out that fit that same model. They're not quite the same inexpensive, cheap thing as a flashlight, but cell phones, for example, uh, laptops, right? They're not designed to be serviceable anymore. And because of that, uh, at least American culture, I don't know about other countries, have gotten into this habit of if an electronic thing becomes unusable or at least painful to use, like think about when your phone is two or three years old and all of a sudden it's it's slower, the battery doesn't hold as much of a charge as you want it to or whatever. Uh, instead of trying to fix that or pay someone to fix it, you just throw it away and buy a new one, right? And this is a term that I've heard called throwaway culture. Uh, and that's this laptop project that I found. I can't remember the name of it at this point, but the the laptop was basically intended to combat throwaway culture because a laptop today... You can't see my laptop that I'm pointing at. But a laptop today is not an easy thing to just crack open and service unless you're one of us, right? If you're an IT person or if you're a person who likes to disassemble things, um, you can do it, right? But it, even for us, it's not easy. It's not just like snap, you know, take a few screws out and you can get to the components. I'm not a fan going into my... I, I had to open this ThinkPad once to when it was totally... I was testing some firmware stuff and I thought I had fried it and I had to actually disconnect the second battery. And I, you know, going in there with these sausage fingers, I, I wasn't thrilled about it. Right. It's one of the ThinkPad T, uh, T470, <clears throat> so it's a slim one. Right. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're basically, it's, you're a nervous wreck. Yeah. So, um, and, and this, this, this kind of brought me to this, this subject and it's, it's not necessarily an IT subject. Right. But I think it's related because people that work in IT or at least people that might be listening to this show, maybe I'm generalizing, but they're generally people that understand the underlying you know, nature of things. And maybe you're the sort of people who like to break out the soldering iron and build things, or at least maybe you know how to change the battery in your cell phone. Right. Which in this world where cell phones don't have changeable batteries, uh, but a lot of people don't. Right. So. My thought was that we would just sort of run through this, right? Like, so uh, Jason and Mark, what, like, are you fixers or is there a, is there a line where you're like, this is not worth the effort versus yes, I'll absolutely attempt to fix this device. 
Ah. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. Go. I figured. Yeah. Now, for me, it's it's uh, uh, it depends on the device. Um, if it's something that's relatively high quality um, and would be expensive to replace, then yeah, I'll I'll, I'll see what I can can do to fix it. If it's if it's just you know cheap garbage, probably just throw it away. Yeah. So so the flashlight example from earlier, you would you would not bother. I did eventually try to open it up. By the way. <laughs> oh, I didn't say I wouldn't try to open it up just to see, but um, I've done this in the past where you know you, you open these things up that are that are meant to be mm-hmm. thrown away, and and yeah, you can but you fix can't put them, it back together, but. It'll never go back together the right way, and there's always something wrong with it. So, this is actually a very complicated topic mm-hmm. because, <laughs> well, no, because I'm at a place in my life now where, um, I don't need to settle for the bare minimum acceptable quality level of something. And when I was younger, that's what I often had to do. Uh, so what I tend to do is I tend to spend I tend to spend more money and I tend to buy higher quality things that tend to not be as disposable or don't break as easily. Because there have been many times when 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 I first had kids and when I didn't make as much as I do today, I was quite frankly, there were times when I was broke. And, you know, depending on you guys, I'm sure have your own stories. And like when, when my wife and I first got married, like 20 bucks was a lot of friggin' money. Right. Yes. I remember. <laughs> right. And some of our listeners might be like, Oh, check your privilege, uncle Mark, because that still is a lot of money. And I get that. I'm a very I'm 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 well off now I would say and I'm comfortable. So what I tend to do is rather than worry about can I fix something, I'll generally try to invest in things that that sustain, right? Mm-hmm. Um now my handiness level comes and goes. The the house I, the house we bought um has been a challenge and I'm not a very good homeowner, but let me just say, I've learned more about how to deal with a septic tank than I ever wanted to in my entire life. I pity you, but it's a, it's a little (laughs) bit fascinating. It's actually a fascinating engineering problem. Right. But you know, cheap, cheap appliances, cheap cars, uh, borderline pieces of tech. I'm over that. Now, I, I just, it's like, if I can't afford the decent quality stuff, I don't even bother anymore because it frustrates me more when you buy something that's barely functional and then it just fucking breaks a month after you own it. Yeah. But, and I guess now it became not the family friendly podcast. Yeah. Yeah. There's Mark. There's Mark. Well, I've been drinking bourbon waiting for us to start. Yeah. But what, what is it? And this is where I'm supposed to do the old man yelling at a cloud. Ah, when when my grandparents bought a washing machine, it lasted 30 years. And and there is a certain there's a certain truth to some of that, right? 
my grandfather had the same friggin' refrigerator in his house. I, I mean, he owned that refrigerator, I think when I was probably six or seven and he had the same thing when I was in, when I was in high school Mm -hmm. and it worked. Yeah. So I was raised by two generations of basically my my dad and and my grandfather were both fixers. My, my grandfather lived through the great depression. Right. right? And that's, that's a classic, like that changes classic thing, right? Right. (laughs) We're losing a lot of the people who lived through Great Depression, but that when I was when I was younger, especially, you heard that all the time right. about people who lived through the Great Depression, and, right. and it changed them. And of course, my dad was raised by a man who lived through the Great Depression, so it was like, and and uh, of course, my dad's still around. My grandfather's no longer with us, but um, when he was around, like he and my dad had a good relationship, so I saw a lot of my grandfather, and and. Like he had a workshop in his basement where he would do woodworking and, you know, where he would, I, I, I'm in his, I live in his house now. Right. So when he passed away, my, my dad inherited the place and he rents it back to me and my family. So, um, I had the job of basically recently I went through and cleaned out a bunch of his old stuff that he had in the basement in his workshops, because I have other uses for those spaces, um, similar uses, but whatever the number of motors from washing machines that I found in the basement was like, why? Why did he keep these things? Well, it's because he lived through the Great Depression and he always thought I might have a use for this later, right? So I feel like in today's culture, especially there's there's a huge push for like minimalism. People don't want a bunch of clutter. They don't want a bunch of stuff. Um, they'll, you know, you'll you'll buy an iPhone and a year or two later, like this is the cliche, right? A year or two later, people will be lining up with their iPhone 9s to go buy the iPhone 10, right? Just because it's new, not because uh, they really need a new phone, right? Well, what happens to those iPhone 9s or whatever's, right? Sometimes they go on eBay or wherever. Sometimes they get pitched, right? And to me, that feels like a ton of wasted money. And it feels like in this this world where we're all supposed to be a little more worried about the environment it feels like it's terrible for the environment don't you think right so there's there's several facets to this if if a piece of electronics that i own fails i don't pitch it i try to find a way to fix it or use it in its broken state right so if it's like oh the cell radio is bad on this cell phone maybe i'll use it as a media player i'll give it to my kids to play games on or something right I don't know. Is that just me, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Are there other people out there who are really like reusing their electronics, not pitching stuff that are not functional? What kind of luck are you having doing that? Like I have an iPad, an iPad mini here that was my wife's that unfortunately got got the screen got cracked and I replaced the screen. I was terrified the whole time I was doing it because I'd never done a screen on anything so expensive as an iPad, but I got it done. Right. And it worked. And she used, she got another year or two's use out of it before we upgraded the thing. Like. I, 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 I one of the kids broke their phone years, yeah. a couple of years ago, broke their phone and, you know, cracked screen the whole nine yards. And I was like, oh, OK. And it was it was dirt cheap to get new. Oh, glass yeah. For it. The, the, that was the cheap part. Um, like dirt cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it turns out it's dirt cheap because the glass is. Uh, is is adhesively attached to the uh, mm-hmm. electronics, which and is it's fine. And it's as thin as a, sh- as a um, sheet of paper. 
Yeah. So all you do is you heat it up and you just slide that glass uh-huh. right off. Sure. Right. So so they have these really cool machines that do this. I had a um, hair dryer. And they're they're stupid godly expensive. God, hair dryer is not hot enough. They're stupid oh, godly no, wait, expensive. I used the heat gun. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm online and I'm like, how do I do this? Because I, I have the parts now and I don't want to not do this. So let's just go figure this out. Oh, just take an I flip an iron over and heat that puppy up and just drop it on there for a couple seconds and then slides right off. I'm like, okay, cool. So we did that. Um, I cooked the LCD. <laughs> it worked. It worked. It continued to work. Uh, uh, just a big black spot in the middle of the screen. Um, so all of the, all the colors and everything are all mm-hmm. dark. Um, but it, but it worked. Uh, so we, we bought a new phone <laughs> because if I wanted to replace the, the, uh, it's not, it's not called an LCD. There's another LLED. term that they have for it, but if I wanted to replace that, That's um, no, this was, this was before display all of these, but it's the display. If I wanted to, to replace the display, it was like, I don't know, $5 from just buying oh, no. the phone. So, the most expensive single component yeah, on the whole. So when I yes. did it on the iPad mini, yeah. it was something like 80 bucks to replace the display. And it was something like three or 400 to buy a new iPad mini, right? I guess to buy an iPad mini of the same model might have been more cost effective to just buy it. Um, but that actually brings up a really good point. So electronics, the the pricing for electronics has fallen in line to sort of enable this culture, right? And I don't know. Well, do, we, do we have any thoughts on that? Like, I love inexpensive electronics. But I don't love the idea that electronics are just being treated as disposable. You know what I mean? It's the old... Oh, I actually heard... This this fits in perfect. It's not a news item, but it is. I did hear it on the news. Um, HP got noticed for pushing out a software update to their printers that would make them, after some amount of time, not even immediately, but after some amount of time, reject off-brand print cartridges. Right? So it was yep. like after six months or something, all of a sudden the, the print cartridge, even though it was perfectly functional still, would start like printing blotchy or something. I forget what it was. Uh, but that's the exact thing, right? So they've... Printers... When I got into computers, printers were an expensive investment. Even an inkjet or a dot matrix was 100, 150, 200 bucks, right? Uh, an ink, the first inkjet I purchased, I think, was like $400, if I remember correctly. $300, something like that. A lot of money, yeah. right? Uh, now it's like you can go to Walmart and buy a three-in-one printer or like an office printer, right, that has a scanner and a fax or whatever for like 27 cents. But then they charge you $180 for ink, <laughs> This is, oh, of so course, an exaggeration. I have a. It's the shaving. I, I, I have an HP. I have a HP Color LaserJet that I that I've had uh-huh. for years now. Um, I think when when we got them, we we I, my father had bought them years and years ago. Uh, I think when he got them, the printer cost something in the range of like two hundred dollars. Yeah, for a laser like printer is crazy. Um, color, color laser printer. Yeah. Laser printer. Okay. Um, and of course it comes with cartridges that you can print like three pages and then they're, they're empty because they're only test cartridges to buy a full set of color cartridges, um, color toner for the color laser jet printer is in excess of $400. 
because that's how they actually are making their money. Yeah. It's like you, you give away yeah, the razors the razor and you sell the blades. Razor, razor blade, yep. Yeah. Yeah, when I it's funny when I turned eighteen, somehow Gillette knew that I turned eighteen. I really I think that they're on a list that when you, you know, when you turn eighteen, you're supposed to register with the government that you're eighteen, selective service selective or whatever service, they call it. Yeah. Um, I, I swear that when I did that, Gillette got an email, or a letter, I guess at that time, because like oh uh, uh, two weeks later, I got a razor in the mail from <laughs> from Gillette, a free razor. <laughs> They're like, hey, a guy just turned 18. He's going to want to shave. Let's get in there quick. <laughs> anyway. So I think we're talking about a couple of different things. Oh, right? yeah. We've gone all over the place already, but it's at least kind well, of related. So so there's always the rat race, right? And and when I was when I was younger, the the big dick swinging item was your car. Mm hmm. And then later on your house. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the big dick swinging items nowadays is your phone. Yeah. Right. You look at the soccer moms and, or, or the teenagers, the students, whatever. Uh, there should be video. There's, um, there's totally and, and video. I, and I, and the, and the phone is one of the, is one of the things now that, that people are into. So I think, I think, you know, when, when that new iPhone comes out, Part of it is people who legitimately want to upgrade because maybe they have a, an obsolete model. But I think part of that is um, is people who just are like, hey, you know, Nate's going to have the new iPhone and 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 Xenophage is going to have the new iPhone and I can't be left behind. I need it. I need it before those suckers so I can wave it in their face. Right. So I think I think especially. And I realize it sound like grumpy old man yelling at cloud, you know, there's stupid kids on their phones. But but I think that that's sometimes part of it with the phone culture, especially is people people just want the latest and greatest, even if it's not. Even if it's not a significant update. The only reason I have an iPhone XR is because my 6S was in the waterproof box on a canoe trip. And it turns out the waterproof box doesn't work real well when you don't have the gasket. Then it's just if without the gasket, it's just a box. Just a box. And when the canoe flipped, it was spilled with water. And the iPhone 6XS. <laughs> has then it was a bucket. Yeah, it was <laughs> right. It, okay, it, it so, was a so I think you did multiple things <laughs> yeah. wrong there, right? So so you've got the you've got the box without the without the gasket, but you were in a canoe. Canoes are not supposed to flip. Those are kayaks yeah, you're thinking you of. No, well, this was this was up in Maine, and these were pretty wicked rapids. And we were trying to rescue. Then you so should not have had a canoe on. Yeah, them. right. <laughs> you should you should have had a raft. <laughs> should, should have been a raft or a kayak. <laughs> yeah, I I'm still sporting the XS because because the 11 didn't hold any interest for me, and the 12 still. I mean, the, the camera's better, but then I was thinking about how many pictures I take, and <laughs> that's not a good reason to get a phone. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what they sell you on. You need the you need the phone for the camera. Well, what killed me the most with the You can't just go buy 12, a camera for <clears throat> half the price of an iPhone. <laughs> so, so the, the eleven the eleven was not didn't seem like a significant upgrade that to, for anything that I had any interest in, um, and the twelve I was interested in it briefly until i saw the whole 5g thing and the fact that um apparently providers are charging additional rates just to give you 5g oh god um and i it was i was having trouble trying to figure because it's so 
vague on how they word things. Uh, it took me a while to figure out that, no, you don't actually have to buy a 5G plan. You just won't be able to use 5G, which I don't think there's 5G around here anyway. Um, so that that didn't matter. But it was so vaguely written that, you know, the moment you got the phone, they're like, you got to upgrade to a 5G plan for like an enormous amount of money. And I was like, I don't know. Thank you. I don't want to I don't want to delve into complaining about cell providers. But man, th this is this is the yeah, thing no. that so they're all touting 5G. Like, oh, 5G is the future. You can get cell internet access to your house that's faster than your local ISP, which I think is great, right? I think that's awesome because it means that all of a sudden my cable company, which has a monopoly in my area, you know who I'm talking about, Jason, um, has, com has competition. The problem is if Verizon and AT&T and whoever are going to keep the data caps and they're going to keep the the like gimme, gimme, gimme money to get that service. It's not competition. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not, it's not actually going to compete with the cable modem because the cable modem has a much higher cap, if a cap at all, depending on who your provider is. Right. So anyway. Right. And then there's this other little ugly thing that I like to throw in people's faces every so often, you know, you're sitting there at Starbucks with your brand new iPhone and your MacBook, you know, feeling all self-righteous. Um, maybe if you didn't upgrade so often, we wouldn't have to enslave so many uh, so many people over in Asia to build the electronics. JSCAR has kind of pointed that aspect out. In yeah, the chat. right. So um, I guess to sort of bring this bring this back to how I started the conversation with that laptop that's that's more easily upgradable and serviceable. Um, I'm kind of curious, right? So say, I don't think that laptop is on the market, at least not in the US yet. Um, if it were, and if you had a choice between, I don't know, I, I, this this was a PC compatible machine, not a Mac, right? So if you had a choice between a Dell laptop that's 500 bucks and certain stats, right? So the $500 laptop is probably going to be like a good web browsing machine, good to hand to your mom and let her use to go shop Amazon and check Facebook and whatever. And then say this machine, which had snap components, uh, was 600 bucks, right? A little more expensive. Would you, would you pay the money to have a, a machine that not only is serviceable, but is designed in a way that's meant to be serviceable? Right. It's not just like, oh, yeah, I can I can disassemble a Dell and replace the memory or the hard drive or whatever if I need to, because I have I've done it. Right. Um, but this thing is designed with that in mind. It's designed to be modular and serviceable. Like, what's that worth to people, I guess, is my question. And this is a question for listeners, too. Obviously, you can't answer on the live I, stream, but let us know. Right. But what do you guys think? I, I think it I think it depends. So for for people who are here's here's the problem so you, you're it's more expensive to get that because it's serviceable and, and there's definitely a subset of people who will jump yeah. on that um the average person who's looking at a 500 laptop because it's cheap can't afford a 600 serviceable laptop um and is not going to jump that that extra hundred bucks is is something they need to keep in their pocket people who can drop that and not blink aren't going to drop $600 on a, on a, 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 uh, a modular laptop, unless it is of a better quality 
and is going to last longer for them, right? So or has I, a particular I happen piece to of like fruit on it. <laughs> yeah. So so well, and this is this is the wonderful argument that I'm about to start. Um, I happen to like MacBooks. Um, I like my MacBook Pro. I have purchased two of them in my life so far because they last forever. I had a MacBook that lasted in excess of 10 years and, and got it replaced finally because it, you know, after 10 years, it was finally slow enough that I needed to do something. Um, they last a, a, an enormous amount of time. So for me, the cost that I'm putting into getting the machine that I want is, is worth it because it lasts a while. Uh, whereas on the Windows side, when I was doing Windows laptops, I, I was suffering with not being able to keep up um, and not, you know, my machine would get so incredibly slow after a year or two that I just couldn't use it anymore. But I had no choice because I couldn't afford to to move, you know, keep buying new laptops. Um, I was younger and didn't have as much money. But um, so so I think it depends on on what the quality is. I, I would love a modular system that, you know, what I would be able to upgrade relatively easily, but some of these components are not, it's not something you can just change. It's not a desktop. So, I mean, laptops are not really, everything's built on a single board these days right. on, on pretty much every laptop out there. So, so making it modular actually causes problems. I don't know that it causes problems. How, how do you think it causes problems? Well, it's going to be bulkier. Um, it's you've got all of the different connectivity that you've got to you've got to deal with in there. Um, you know, th these components are not simply slap in stuff. Right? So like a Wi-Fi Wi-Fi card is one thing. But, you know, if you want to change the the CPU um, or, or even the GPU, like that's that's not trivial in a in a laptop. At least not anything that I've ever seen. Um. It's not like a desktop. You can't just, you know, pull that PCI card so, out and put a new one I in. Mean, but if the hardware is designed in a way that it's that it's meant to be able to do that, right? Then then it then it is modular. It is it is possible to remove the thing. Right. right? So so. But the the but the, the, thing problem, you, the, the thing you the pointed out was how slim is it, right? Yeah, I, I don't need a I don't need a you know you know two micron thin uh, two micron thin slim laptop i mean it's got to be i don't care i can pick up a laptop and i can move around with it and as long as it's not like i don't know 20 pounds like it's not a big deal i have worked with people who complain incessantly that a 15 inch macbook is too heavy and they have to have the 13 yeah. inch because how can they possibly walk around with a 15 inch <laughs> but whatever what do you know of my pain? <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I am not the person to argue that with, by the way, because I will tell you to go to hell and um, nice. you know, deal. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I also had people who demanded uh, and, you know, it was it was the finance industry. So big surprise. No. Absolutely violently demanded that they get a second laptop that they can leave at home. Because having to lug their laptop from the office to their home was like a crime against humanity. Well, yeah. Again, I am not the person to argue. I was, I was, you know, it was a three-hour drive for me. So, 
missing the point of what a Tears. laptop is. Anyway, at that point. Yeah, I know. I know. Um my 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 the the problem with the scenario of a modular laptop is I think um at least in my opinion. Um so if you look at our desktop, you've got motherboard, you've got a couple different chips you can throw in there for for CPUs, and then you've got a PCI expansion slot or whatever they're using these days. Um and you can just drop whatever you want in there. Oh, like that NVIDIA card? Oh, that's cool. Oh, that, that one's garbage. Let's throw the AMD in. All right, cool. We'll, we'll switch to that. Oh, we've got a Sound Blaster card. And like, you've got all these different manufacturers that make things that Do can they throw still in make there. Cards? Have you moved? I haven't heard that name in years. Uh, the name I, make, heard I know since. they make. <laughs> I know that. I know they make USB um, sound card device thing my son oh, had got one cool. some sort of crazy sound right. blaster thing um anyway with a with the laptop moving to a modular setup like that who's making all of that like there's no industry for this at the moment so you know i, I think unless there's some sort of big movement to it parts are going to be astronomically I think priced i mean think of my uh, question though right like of, like is this a thing that people want is kind of what i'm getting at right now, I know yeah. the three of us probably I, can't I just, answer that because we're a different market than the average laptop buyer. Personally, oh, yeah. I think it's a yeah. really cool idea, and I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it more yes. commonplace. And if if mainstream vendors picked up on this, because think about the PCs we got started with. Well, maybe not you, Uncle Mark, but <laughs> they were modular. Like I don't know if the Apple II or whatever you that thing you have behind you was modular. Were they modular? The Apple II has I, seven I thought, expansion you, slots. Okay, so they were modular. You could you could change the little beads on the abacus. <laughs> mm, I need to adjust my glasses. Okay. But um, um, my, my point is, when I got into PCs in the mid-90s... Four different colors, Jason. Four different colors. They, they were... On the abacus. Most of it... Most Five of, if you were a good boy. <laughs> most of the items in a PC wow. were upgradable, interchangeable. Um, you just had to know what you were buying to make sure yeah, it was compatible Nate. with what you were with what you were building. But Nate, the the, the Apple legit, um, well, the original Apples were a kit you had to put together, right? Oh, right, and, that's right. And you put mem- you had to put memory chips in it. You didn't get memory on a right. stick. So that's like, what I mean, uh, though, right? So that's where we came from. You get memory on a stick, like there some was... sort of slacker welfare queen. You actually had to insert the actual chips. There was a day into the individual slots. There was a day when computing was a hobbyist thing. And you had to own a soldering iron to make your machine work, right? And then there was a You're not wrong. Then there was a point where it was a little more modular, where you had to know something about what was going in it. But learning that was not quite as difficult as people thought it was, right? Like you could in the nineties, you could get into building computers without being some sort of a you know programming whiz, which is what everybody seemed to think at the time. Uh, and, yeah. and then and then the industry shifted to, oh, well, we need to be able to sell things to teenagers and grandma and everybody in between. So we need to make them as dirt simple and stupid as possible. So we end up with these disposable machines. But I'm going to counterpoint a couple of things because I've I've gone in and out of yeah three bit graphics. Card. <laughs> I've gone in and out of um, of building my own PC several times. Um, it's, it, the industry has made amazing strides in standardizing 
and making it far less of a pain in the ass right. to build a PC now. Like they've actually settled on reasonable standards. Like there was a point where if you got the wrong freaking power supply for the wrong freaking case, it just yeah. wasn't going to fit in. Yep. Or it you wouldn't know, plug the, into the motherboard. Or, or, or the motherboard. Yeah. Or, right. Now, happily, and, and so it wouldn't fit so that you couldn't plug it in and fry the components you just purchased. <laughs> right. But nowadays, nowadays, things that they've, they've standardized on a couple of things, and it there's a very, very rich and dynamic uh, infrastructure and, and um, community around uh, custom PC builds. And... If you're willing to put the if you're willing to put the learning in there, um, you can you can do some amazing things. Now, I can't speak for building your own laptop. I, I, I mean, I use a laptop because that's what Red Hat gives me. Yeah. But honestly, I, I don't use it like a laptop. I mean, I, well, I undocked it this week because we had the guy demoing my bathroom, my bathroom. So I actually walked it upstairs. But ninety nine percent of the time, it's docked because I, hope, I want my my second monitor. I hope you mean demoing like demolition and not demoing demolition like demonstrating. Worst room in the house. Yeah, not no, not showing me how to take a dump. <laughs> no, we're, we're we're redoing the bathroom and the laundry room behind me. All right. So anyway, I think we've made the point. I Mark Mark's going I'm, through potty training again. I'm Is curious that what, what listeners think. So please. Uh, hit us up on this topic. Would you buy a modular laptop? Maybe if it was at the cost of size and pretty form factor, maybe even at the cost of real money cost, though I don't know I'm, that that's the case. I'm going to go out on a limb Are and you? I'm going to say that your modular laptop is a little bit of a fantasy because they'll never, they'd never be able to produce it I'm going to the volume necessary to be successful. I'm going to say, I think you're right. And that makes me sad, but I am still oh, curious. I'm not saying you shouldn't be sad. <laughs> I'm still Nate, curious what listeners think. Nate's going to start a Kickstarter for this. Yeah, whole well, project. no, it already exists. Oh. It's a, I, I have to find the link. I should have looked it up before the show tonight. Um, I shared it with Jscar. So throw it in chat, Jscar, if you still have it. I, I can't even remember the name of it at this point. Um, but it was, it was really cool. It was, I thought it was a really interesting thing, but I also thought that phone blocks was an interesting thing. And of course that, we see where that went. <laughs> is this a uh, framework? Is that what you're talking about? Was it? That sounds right. I just found I just found an uh, a an article from uh, actually a couple weeks ago yeah, on Engadget. Startup designs a modular repairable laptop. That might be it. Uh, frame that they're called uh, framework. That might be it. Well, if that's it. I'll I'll try to find it. Oh, Jscar says yes. Um, so we'll we'll get the link and we'll include it in the show notes so that folks can look it up if they're interested. If I remember correctly, it was not available in the U.S. Maybe that's changed, but I think it'd be cool. So at any rate, um... but I I will I will point out that I mean there's they say repairable, right? Mm -hmm. So I mean there's you have to put the you have to put the limits on what repairable means repairable is is this is this is um um us military repairable not i have a uh um a soldering iron repairable right so when the us oh, military right. repairs yeah. something so like the, the people that are trained to do this it's 
they have these cool little devices that figure out where the problem is, and then they disconnect the big chunk of thing that's broken and replace the big chunk of thing. And that's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, no, I think that's what I think that nope. if we could get to a state where that is commonplace, I think that's what we need to make electronics, quote unquote, repairable because it needs to be simpler. Yeah. It needs to be. I call up tech support. They run a thing and it says, oh, the widget is broken. Just pop out the widget card and we'll send you a new widget card and you pop it in and you're back up and running. Today, you know, you contact support and the widget is broken. They say, we'll send you a new laptop. Or, I'm sorry, you have to buy a new laptop because your widget is broken. Like, that's my point. Like, that's that's where I think it'd be really cool if the industry could get there. I don't think it will, but I'm curious what people think is what I'm, what I'm getting at. All right. So, we've beaten this up a bit. I think we've gotten our point across, right? And I think... So, is throwaway culture bad? I'm not clear. I feel like it's bad, but that's me, okay. right? I think it depends on the person. I do think that in a world where we're trying not to put electronic waste into, you know, uh, uh, landfills, uh, yes, throwaway culture is bad. Because a lot I of people, it... when they say throwaway culture, they literally mean I've thrown it in a trash can and it went out in the garbage this week. Which is bad. So I'm gonna I, <laughs> yeah, I'm I, gonna I'm gonna be cranky for a second and I'm gonna say if you're some self righteous, supposedly extreme environmentalist, but you're in line at the Apple store every year for the latest <laughs> iPhone, you're a fucking hypocrite. Well, I'm not saying that those and I hate you. I'm not saying that the people that are that are that are environmental extremists are the ones that are perpetuating the culture, although they could be. I don't know. Um I know you see a lot of memes that that imply that, but I don't know. How no, true what are. I'm saying is that if you but, if you truly consider yourself an environmentalist, yeah. then I think that's something that well, no, so you need you need to reexamine your relationship I'm to how thinking, you handle all that. I'm thinking about it from a middle point where I do not really want to see the Earth destroyed, but I don't think no. everyone should be an environmentalist wacko uh, to make sure that happens. I think that it should be that the common people are incentivized to not throw their lithium-ion batteries in the garbage. <laughs> right? That's cr that's crazy so, reasonable speak, and I, I think <laughs> it's crazy, and you should be quiet now. I'm sorry. I don't want to be crazy. <laughs> so so, so I'll, I'll, I'll say two things. One, I'll say that any, you know, throw bait, throw, there's, I don't know that there's a way to defend throwaway. I'm going to throw my lithium-ion batteries in my fire pit. If That's so much better for yeah. the world. Only if you stream it live yeah. to YouTube. Challenge um, accepted. Cancel I, Uncle Mark. I, uh, <laughs> I, throwaway culture means that it's it like if you're throwing it away, garbage, throwing it away, it's going to a, a pit yeah. somewhere and it's just going yeah. to rot. And 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 if it is not, um, you know, fruits and vegetables that can't be used elsewhere, that then you know you're you're damaging yeah. things right. more than anything. Um, the other thing I'll say is that if you you know for those people that are uh, environmentalists, whatever, um, you know, Apple does actually do a fairly decent job of recycling. If you bring your devices back to them, they, they do have machines that tear them down and try to recycle everything that they can. There are, it's actually super easy around here. I got a bunch of stuff that I need to bring over to Best Buy because they have a box. You can just drop old computer stuff in. 
Yeah, right. So that be- right, that needs but, to. So but what happens what to I'm, that old what computer I'm saying, stuff? I'd like to think the recycling fairy breaks it down and something right. could happen. So I'd like, I, I like to think it's better than me throwing it in a big black bag and putting it on my curb. What I'd like to see is oh, okay. right. So glad you so feel there better was, about there it. Was a time, there was a time. When we did not have a recycle bin, it goes to the bin. same place, doesn't it? We didn't have a we didn't have a recycle bin that we put our recyclables in, and the garbage people came and took. I think it'd be great if if normal waste management streams had a way to dispose of electronics instead of having to sit around and wait for electronics disposal days when there's like twenty different items they won't take, right? Jason's like, there you go. It all goes into the same fucking pile. It probably it's does. So yeah, and 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 let me explain how true that is. Nate Nate lives lives yeah. near me, and I believe is under the same um, yeah. waste management uh, that we have. Uh, so we we can separate uh, recyclables into various different um, bins. So there is a bin for glass and metal. Uh, there is a there is a, uh, uh, you're supposed to separate out your cardboard and then of course your garbage. And we, we, I was pretty, you know, trying to be a nice, you know, do the right thing. And I was doing that for a while, uh, until I talked to somebody who, um, actually was there, uh, at the waste disposal place and saw what exactly happens with this. And I think it might actually be worse than throwing it all together. Um, so what they do here anyway is your garbage goes into a pit, they, they dig a hole, they, they layer it with your garbage, then they take your glass and your metal, and they put it through a shredder, and then they pour that on top of the layer of garbage, and then they put another layer of garbage, and then they shred the metal and the plastic and put that on top of it. I'm sorry, what the hell does that do, besides actually endanger animals? No. I'm sure there's a there's a perfectly legitimate yes. reason for the for so, doing it that way. So <laughs> the argument I think the argument is that they're using it for drainage purposes, but um it's actually detrimental yeah, it's, to would, wildlife. Well I would say that it's whether it's, it's very whether detrimental. it's shredded up or not, it's still ending up in the landfill. Right? <laughs> right, but if you if it's not shredded, it's not going to be as detrimental to wildlife. Which is well, no, which no, no. Is what I'm, what I'm so saying we, is we, shredded. We don't bother shredded anymore. up or not shredded up. It's still in the landfill. And the yes. point of recycling yes. was that these it, are things that don't biodegrade, and we correct. can reuse. So we should recycle them. <laughs> correct. Yes, it's yes. adorable how you think that way. Right. Right. Yes. So anyway. We're going way off the reservation at this point. Although I the guess it is, it is related. Are on their way. What's that? Jason's at, the black helicopters are on the yeah, way. To Jason's they will now. come and separate your garbage for you. I always wanted my own black helicopter. This awesome. is awesome. All right, folks, we're gonna go to a break quick, and we we'll, we will be back. So I hope you guys have enjoyed the conversation. Let us know what you think about. Hopefully, not about. Let us know. Let us know. Do Don't... you separate your garbage? <laughs> Let us know. Ah, oh, there we go. Wait, the topic, the topic is, in, is the in the trash, and that yeah, is exactly the cue that we yeah. need to go to a break. So we'll be back in a few, folks. See you. See you then. We have to give the purple that button some like love. That sounded like rock and or roll. Rock and but or I mean, roll, indeed.
little Simpsons call out. Yep. That wasn't a hymn. That was rock and or roll. <laughs> <laughs> From the Catholic on the show. <laughs> He's not Catholic. He's a generic old school. Uh, no, but it's generic. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna... Oh, I'm the Catholic. <laughs> yeah, okay. I wasn't going to call oh, out okay. your faith there, Mark. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, yeah. Uh, all right. Funny. So let's get on with the housekeeping stuff, and then we can get to the fun stuff, the chat, right? Let me bring this. The Pope, the Pope says I can drink. It's one of the benefits. Oh, anyway. Good. Good. Hang on here. Total uh, click and drag failure. Here we go. All right. So announcements. Patreon update. I didn't get our total for this week. I'm sorry, folks, but it's around where it was last time. I think we lost a patron, but we gained, I think, two. Lost? Yeah, we lost one, gained two. But it was a long... It was someone who had, who had given us a decent amount of money over over time, so I'm not going to be upset that they that they left. They've, you know, I feel like they've they've given enough, right? Not saying any of the rest of you should leave. <laughs> so I just want to give a quick shout out to the folks that are patrons this month. We've got Andrew, who's new, uh, Tatro, who's also new, I think, um, Root is God, Bruce, Robert, Matt, David, Solemn, Trooper Ish, Linux Sys six sixty six, Skimpy B, Mark with a K. Dementor from PowerShell on Linux. Uh, John the Nice Guy, Mark with a C, Julius, Andy, Jay, Charles, and our old friend. Do you remember the number, Mark? It's got a two in it. It's got a couple twos, three twos, in fact. Two, two, five. I always just call them two for short. Two, two, five, three, two. Our longest patron. Peace out to you, two. Still our longest patron. All the heart. All the heart to two. As always, folks, if you want to get any Iron Sysadmin merchandise, you should do so at uh, Teespring. There's a link in the show notes, teespring.com slash stores slash Iron Sysadmin. And if you are a patron or if you're thinking of becoming a patron, you should check out Patreon because I just revamped our Patreon tiers. We have a $1 tier for all you folks. <laughs> yes, tiers, it's the Patreon. It's the Patreon tiers. Wrong kind of tiers, Mark. Um Damn. We've got we've got a $1 tier for anyone who just wants to say like, hey, we like what you're doing. Uh, there were a number of folks already giving a dollar, so I wanted to give you a tier that was just for, you know, that $1 level. Uh, it doesn't doesn't get you much, but at least gets you recognition. You get a, a a role in Discord that shows, sorry, did I say that wrong, Mark? I it some shots are just too easy. You get a you get a push the button. You get a, you get push a the role button. in Hang on. Ah, it's on the wrong Discord. You get a roll. You get a roll in Discord that shows your patronage, and uh, you get a call out on the show. Uh, we've got a five dollar tier, and a ten dollar tier, and a fifteen dollar tier for any level of patronage you want to give us. I think it's at the ten level or the ten dollar level tier. You also get behind the scenes access to this cool little thing that I've worked out on Discord. Which I'm gonna actually hang on a sec here. We're gonna we're gonna do a fun thing. If I can find it in OBS, there's a thing here. There's a thing, a thing. here. You're wearing there's pants this time, yes, right? I'm wearing pants this time. So here we're gonna we're gonna yes. transition now. So on the live stream, you should see a new little window, a new little camera window. We tried this out on our live show. You can see kind of a behind the scenes look of what we're doing 
uh, here or what I'm doing here on the show. So you can see my laptop over here with uh, with with Mark and Jason on it, and you can see my my main screen here with uh, with OBS open. Uh, and this is just like an extra thing. It also um, I'm broadcasting this stuff to a special channel on Discord that you can that you can join once you're at a ten dollar or higher uh, tier on Patreon. So yes, and it's just Nate's hands. And my well, it was my beer, but you can also see my Lego A wing here. I think that's an A wing. <laughs> the most boring of all the Star Wars. Yeah, well, here I mean, here, Mark, I'm sorry to say it is, but it's tiny, right? And it's cool, and it fits on your desk. I mean, it, in, I can't. In, in squadrons, it's the best for dogfighting. It's absolutely baller. Okay. But I mean, it's not like the X-Wing fighters. X-Wing. And of course, TIE fighters. There's also I mean, a baby Yoda. It's though. an A. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is why we, this is why the Patreons give us the big bucks is to all hear to hear the sound right. effects. that. Mark so my goal. Like. Except the one guy who gave us a bad review. My, <laughs> he can pound sand. <laughs> but he's not a patron. So my he goal here sand. is that this can be used for sort of behind the scenes access, right? So you guys want some behind the scenes access? This is the way to get it. Uh, you can, um, what I'm gonna do is during the pre-show, uh, well, we'll have a pre-show, I should say, which is basically after we get things set up and we're just waiting to go live, which, you know, we're always just sitting around uh, waiting to, for seven o'clock. We're never frantically trying to figure out the technology. I'm generally sitting around yeah. waiting. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll be able to get in on that and maybe even chat with us. Um, maybe there'll even be a point where we do that all live on the show where you can actually, I can literally just move this slider up on my mixer and uh, you'll be able to talk to us through this cell phone that I have up here looking down on my, on my, uh, my desk. Anyway, my point is that this is the $10 tier and at the $15 tier, after two months, we'll send you a t-shirt or I'll send you a t-shirt. Jason's not going to send you a t-shirt. He doesn't have a stock of t-shirts. Neither do I, for that matter. But I'll send you a t-shirt. <laughs> so. I, I have a stock of t-shirts. Just not iron sysadmin. I, I guess I didn't specify. I yeah, mean yeah. an iron sysadmin t-shirt. <laughs> I don't. I, I really don't think they want my old t-shirts. Am <laughs> I? Maybe. Maybe Jason's wife would like it if we started giving away Jason's old t-shirts. Maybe we'll. Yeah, I think. We'll, I we'll think make, I, 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 I will fight I, for those. I like your idea about getting the kids running in, and in fact, that could if you're certain of a Patreon, you should have a summon children button. Yeah, right. That, that just makes pings, them appear. Pings my kids on their Facebook messengers, and they just show up in the room like, "Hey, well, we were called." <laughs> your kids have Facebook. Uh, yeah, don't even get me started. So anyway. <laughs> Let me wind this one there's up. A, there's also a $20 tier, but that's, I don't expect average listeners to go. I mean, if you want to go ahead, I'm not going to complain, but that's if you want to be an advertiser for the show. If you want to give 20 bucks a month, we'll give sure. you a special shout out on the show for within reason, right? If you're going to like try to advertise for porn or something, unless it's really good, we're not going to put it out on the show. I'm sorry. Um, there's a caveat there. So we're going to review it. And if we don't like it, I'm sorry, we're not going to advertise for it. So but no, no, we, no we are definitely going to have to review yeah, all of it right. in depth. But if it's, to... if it's relevant to the show um, at that tier, you'll get a uh, every show, you'll get a call out for what it is that you're selling. Right. Uh, and after a certain amount, I forget how much that amount was. Uh, it's it's I'm drawing a blank. Uh, we'll actually bring you on the show to talk about your product. 
right? So uh, if you want to do that, then check out Patreon. So if it's we, we will shill so for if free it's stuff. Really good porn, then you'll do it. Um, I mean, I don't want to say no. I don't usually close the door on stuff like that. No, no, we won't. We won't do that. This is totally a family friendly show, except only if we mute Uncle Mark. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right. So at any rate, that's that's um, I'm done shilling for Patreon. However, if you are a patron and you want to fit into one of those tiers or if you think you're already paying enough to fit one of those tiers, I think you have to go to Patreon and pick the tier. Right. So if you're already a ten dollar a month patron. You're going to want to go. And I think you have to like repick the tier. Right. To match up with with the rewards that you get. Uh, if you're not a ten dollar patron and you want that behind the scenes access, you should totally go become one. You know, if if the framework folks send us each one yeah. of those modular laptops to test, we will happily have yeah. them on the show. Twice. Twice. Maybe three times. A lady. Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Once. Twice. Three times a lady. Was that Kenny Rogers or is that Lionel Richie? I really don't just remember. Both discussed it with me. But folks. He's he's not uh, Uncle Mark's talents are not just limited to Disney. That's what you should take away from this. Yeah. And we heard the sound effects before, so you know. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing I'm pretty good with Linux. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> Don't give up your day job. I'm not. All right. So what have you guys been up to lately? We haven't met in three weeks. We haven't, uh, right. Mark, I talk to you frequently enough, but, uh, yeah, lucky me. I mean, sure. Lucky so, you. Lucky so you. So it turns out, it turns out that I kind of like being a gaming streamer. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't have a large audience at all, and I have no interest in making money, but I've done a couple of flight simulator, uh, streams. The most recent one being taking the Icon seaplane to Pearl Harbor and trying to land near the battleship Arizona. Uh, I forgot that the icon is not, in fact, a helicopter, and my landing did not go well. I ran out of river. <laughs> oh, so it was more of a reenactment than a yeah, visit? Yeah, it kind of turned out that way. <laughs> but um, I'm super excited because a fellow scout leader and pilot, my friend Rod, is coming tomorrow night to check out the flight simulator in VR. He actually does he flies a jet for a living. He's, he's a real pilot. He's a real pilot, oh, so I'm cool. very curious about his feedback on. I gotta, on the I gotta simulator. say, after after seeing, after watching some of your live streams of you doing flight sim, especially with those live flight towers, the air traffic control, I feel like the only real difference between being a VR pilot and a real pilot is the loss of life that could happen if you screw up. There's a little, <laughs> but there's a little bit of stress, right? Yeah, and, right. And the, evidence is, the evidence is on my streams. I have sometimes bitten off far more than I could chew and nice. things can go really bad really quickly. So all the respect Jason, to real pilots. If you don't know what we're talking about, he's, there's literally live like gamers that are, I guess they're gamers. They, yeah, that, they're, they're, it's that, that, that game they're out, not real air traffic controllers. They, they game pretend out, to be air traffic controllers. Right, they game out being air traffic controllers. Like, could you imagine playing a game where you're an air traffic controller? I That sounds really boring <laughs> to me. I did I did catch a stream when you were flying the ultralight over DC, though. Yeah, that was... That was uh, when I do stuff like that, I don't use VATSIM because I don't want to annoy the people who are trying to play for real. 
And when you're playing for real, you try not to violate FAA guidelines, like buzz the whiteout. <laughs> yeah, like like flying over DC. Yeah, right. yeah. But I mean, if it's a game, right? You want to be able to do stuff like that. That's the right. whole point. Right. You don't well, necessarily the... want your games to be real. Well, look, I, I think I think it would be okay for you to fly over DC with the VAT sim going, provided they react properly. And you are immediately shot down by. Yeah, I don't know. That'd if, be awesome. I don't know if the I don't know if the air traffic controllers awesome. can actually summon that. That'd be that would be that would be cool. <laughs> they can they can they can report you to like an artificial like a person who's playing as the national guard. Is that it? Like, yeah. there's there's someone else that's, that's pretending to be a national guard responder. That's, that's where that's where Secret Service sim <laughs> pops in. Oh, we got another one. <laughs> so it's funny that when you when you agree when you make your VAT sim account and you read the rules that you agree to, there's actually very specific things you're not allowed to do. Okay. You're not allowed to simulate being hijacked. Oh. And you're not allowed to squawk 7,500 on your transponder, which is the code for I'm being hijacked. They do not, they, they will boot you from VATSIM for doing that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because people, it gets, it gets people upset. Yeah, right? well, I can understand that. So like now if you so like if you, you're right if, you can't if you're right, you can't I mean this this seems unfair you can't like as a flight sim player have your daughter run in behind you and like knock you out of your chair and hijack your flight sim they would frown upon that <laughs> now there are what if that's the reality it, you want to play <laughs> there's there's lines that they don't want to cross right. right no I get it I get it now if now if you've got your simulator set up to like some a lot of the simulators they can you can either trigger a disaster on purpose or have random disasters happen like engine failure things like that if you do that that's fine and then you know air air traffic control will you can you, you can squawk an emergency or whatever but yeah no it's it's fun it, avionics man the venn diagram between nerds and and flight and flying super 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 intersection there pretty cool yeah, it is kind of cool. But when I the other the other thing I I've been doing is not so serious. Uh, this awesome Viking game called Valheim, which is this early access game on Steam that is written. It's built by a, a five person studio in Sweden, and it has exploded. They hit five million players the other day. Five oh, million wow. customers. I've the number of people. So you told me about Valheim before I'd ever actually heard of it. Yeah, uh, but the number of people I've heard about it from since then is kind of surprising. I mean, there's there's a lot of people have been just like, oh, is, "Have you seen Valheim?" Yeah, it this is, guy I it work is with hella, told me about it. It is hella cool because it is it plays very well solo, but it it is, it is also a perfect uh, small group co op experience. Co op being the key, you can turn on PvP damage, but it is not it, it is not a PvP game. Right. So for for people who like to build and who like to adventure together, it's really good. And the sweet spot is probably three to five people. The ser the per the server will support ten, but it's probably three to five people. And the ideal situation is you're playing with people you know, not Joe Rando from right. the internet. Right. I'm gonna and have to just, pick this game, and it's not that expensive. I looked it up. It's like it's nineteen dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, and it's amazing. I'm running it on a Rel Eight VM. On, on my son's rig over here. I was telling you guys about that at the beginning of the show before we went live. And it with it's uh it's a four it's a two by four, the VM. It burns about 
20% of two processors when we're banging on it. It uh, the, the, mem- the size of the Valheim process is about two and a half gig. Hmm. And I'm burning about 400K, 400 kilobits of network uh, per player that's live. So it, it's very reasonable. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's, it's a great experience. I just remember back in the days when 500K was my cap. Well, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you never got it. I also sh- spent I spent a lot of time on the Valheim Discord yeah. helping people run dedicated servers. Oof. <laughs> um, can I give you can I give anybody listening a hint? If you're trying to do something and you're in over your head and you're at don't be a don't be a little punk to the guys who are volunteering their time trying to help you out. Because there's a lot of people who just don't know what they're doing who are trying to be system administrators. That's okay. We were all there. I'll help anybody. But the attitude on some of these people trying to set these servers up, and then when you start trying to walk them through a checklist, well, I did all that already, and it worked. Yeah, it worked before the patch, and it should still you, be working. Do you do you not respond well when they start insulting your mom? I just stop responding at that yeah. point because yeah. it's not my actual job. Fuck I mean, up. my server works perfectly. It's kind of like your job, but yeah, you're right. It's right. not your real job. Because the people are like, oh, it's this, ever since this patch, it's totally broken. I'm like, really? My server runs perfectly. You're not my real You're job. You're not my real job. You can <laughs> tell me what to do. All right. So speaking of your real job, you have a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm hogging chat, and I apologize for that. But my son, Josh, reached out to me the other week. He go, He's a freshman at Stevens. He was talking to some of his buddies on their Discord. Discord. And, you know, he's talked about Discord. Red Hat and and a lot of the nerds there, even the ones who are in IT, really don't know what Red Hat is. So Josh is like, hey, dad, could you could you maybe talk to us and and talk about Red Hat and stuff? And I'm like, well, let's see. I'll, yeah, I can do that. We'll talk about Red Hat, open source, a few other things. Um, some of the guys from the New York office, you've met him, Nate. Uh Pretty, who runs the consulting program, and some of her people are going to be involved. Yeah, uh, and it's going to be it's going to be we're going to I'm going to talk about the history of free software, talk about corporate IT, talk about how Red Hat fits in, and then the Stevens students will have a chance to network a little bit, and some of them might end up with like leads that get them jobs in our consulting unit with it. Yeah, so so uh, Jay Scar has something in that's chat. exciting. He says that you're not my job has to be Jason's sound you're clip not on the my soundboard. Real job. And I think I think he's right. <laughs> well, now now that now that you're using uh, Zencaster and everything is split out into uh, individual audio channels, you can, I can do that. I can. I mean, I could before too. It just I would have had to make sure no one else was talking at the same time. Oh my! <laughs> now I can probably do it. <laughs> now we can all talk at the exact same time, and you'll have individual audio for each of us. I can. It's fun. Yikes! It's fun. I mean. Yeah, so- Hold on. We have to assume that it's actually going to work. And when I hit the stop button at the end of this, I'm actually going to get the I recordings that we made. Uh, I, we're going to hope. Assume <laughs> yeah, whatever you do, don't don't hit the stop button or everything reloads and, and we all have to yeah. come back in again. I'm thinking you're going to be working from the local recording that hopefully is happening. Oh, it is. Um, it is. Or else this is just an ephemeral show tonight, I, which I'm surprisingly I never, okay with. Listen, I'm a sysadmin. I never work without a net. Dude. <laughs> so anyway, that event is next Thursday night. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. And then uh, I won this major award at work. 
and there's a uh, there's Here a cash the prize that goes along with it. Oh, no, you said it, not me. So now I'm, pr- but now I've got there's a cash award, so I'm I'm pricing out a new lab server. Oh, for, oh, it's a major award. Yeah, it's not just a lamp in the shape of a leg. <laughs> but wouldn't it be amazing if it was? That would be awesome. Yes, yes, it would. What be. was it? There- what was it from the Griswold family Christmas? No, from a Christmas story. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm trying oh, to remember. Cheese of the month club. Cheese the of the month jam club. Of the month club. Yeah, yeah. Jam of the month. Jam of the month. Was it? Cheese. I don't remember. Cheese would have been better. Cheese would have been better. I would like cheese of the month. I think, but jam not so much. I, I love cheese. Cheese is awesome. Cheese is awesome. I don't know. I, li- I like jamming. So Jay Scar, I appreciate your help with with that. I think I'm, uh, I'm close. I got something that's right around a thousand because I'm putting the sixty four gig in it. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I'll I migrate need, the Valheim server over to that. I need a decent home lab. I've got, I've got an well, old Dell server that I could probably run as just a KVM host, but it's all standalone, mm-hmm. and I'd really like something a little more advanced than that. But that's money. I need, I need like a a NAS. I need probably to upgrade bandwidth. And well, I have the NAS. Yeah, I know. I don't. My thought is, my thought is, I could even take my like some of the VMs that I was running on Rev and just pull those right in. You know, you would take an award from work and spend it on work. Oh, it's (laughs) yeah. I I don't want to say anything else, but they it's a generous award. I was actually I got the email about it today, and I'm like, holy shit! So, well, I mean, I I gotta say, and this is not me trying to like brag or gloat or anything, but uh, Red Hat seems like a pretty generous place to work, so I'm not surprised. Yeah. So, at any rate, but that's that's what's going on with me. A lot of nerdy things, and we oh, and we had all of our windows replaced since the last show. We had Anderson come in and they tore all the windows out. I have a nice, I have a beautiful new sliding door on my deck, so when I do the stuff on the egg, I just the door opens easy, shuts easy. It's it's not locked with a block of wood anymore. It's not locked with a block of wood. That block of wood is now making my rudders not slip. So that's, that was repurposed. But what happened to the box? The box is now holding <laughs> shit. It's over there. Everyone's like, what? What box is he talking about? Is that, is that, is that where the, uh, the antlers were? Uh, <laughs> a different box. There's a cardboard box, a plastic thing, and then the other plastic thing. Yeah, there's some stuff that still needs to be put put in some sort of storage. So for for those that don't know, and why would you? Um, Mark is 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 a team lead above me. I got technically above me. Whatever we're I, it's whatever. it's a mentoring role, right? So we have a one on one meeting. We're peers. Every we're peers. every other week we have a one on one meeting, and one of my one on one meetings was basically dominated by discussions about the door. And the block of wood that used to lock it, and where the block of wood is being repurposed to, and what used to be there, which was the box. And then I said, "Well, what happens to the box then? Now it's a cascading effect. It's like a whole snowball." Hey, hey. <laughs> the first the first thing I always ask you is, "How's work going?" Oh yeah, absolutely. We talked about work, and then, but and then, then uh, when you can't when you rest... can't fill that air, then we talk about my fucking boxes and <laughs> and 20, doors and twenty five minutes of my thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I was about the box and the wood and <laughs> hey, I'm your favorite team lead. <laughs> you should all come to work for Redhead. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. All right, they, Jason. They what, pay me to rant at what Nate you... <laughs> about my boxes and sticks. What do you got going on? There's 3D printers and there's there's an arcade cabinet and let's go. 
Uh, what what did I write my list here? Oh, right. So, so my my son is on spring break from his senior year of high school. Don't ask. Um, so uh, why, he started why would that be suspicious? Printer, which, like, what do you mean? Don't ask. Like, I because you don't get a spring break in sure high you do. school. Yeah, you do now. You get a you get a spring break because they can't call it Easter break, and they still want you to have off for Easter because there's enough people that are still Christian. No, 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 no. He's he's like he's taking all college yeah. classes. He actually has a literal spring break, like college spring break. Um, so he he has decided uh, on a bunch of things that have caused me grief and and happiness. Uh, so he started playing around with his 3D printer mm-hmm. and and doing some stuff, and I had I had mine was working, made some changes to it, wasn't working, threw my hands up in frustration, didn't have time to deal with it. So I hadn't been doing anything with it lately. So he uh, he sort of reignited that flame and we've got it running now. Um, I've got to just a little bit more work on it, but I'll be 3D printing like a, a maniac soon, which makes hey, me happy. How does a maniac 3D um, print? Uh, usually with the hands up, uh, there's there's like streams of, of PLA yeah. going everywhere. Now that's what happens well, when my I prints just, fail. I just wanted to check. <laughs> <laughs> Don't this, you this love spaghetti. that? Uh, Reddit had it best. Re- Reddit had it best. I saw the post today that said I've gotten really good at printing hair. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's there ain't nothing like I'm the feeling amazing of, at printing there's hair. Nothing like the feeling of walking <clears throat> into the office and you just like stop and sigh because there's this all uh. <laughs> of. Yeah spaghetti yes yeah so you know some of the posts some of the posts i've seen on reddit are great you know like they show the picture and they're like see if you can guess where i walked away from the printer (laughs) you know and it's like perfect 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 and then it shifted left you know like three inches and the rest of it is yeah they're like oh weird yeah so um so yeah i'm I'm back in the 3d printing game because you know i i have the stuff i just i haven't had the time to really mess with it and since he got his working and and it was a firmware issue, he came down and and loaded the same firmware, and now now it appears to be better. So we will. What we do you shall have see. again? You have an Ender Five. Yeah, Ender Five Pro. I have the Ender Five Pro, and I have it like zero issues with it. I've made a lot of changes to it. Okay. Um. So I it worked. It worked great when I got <laughs> yeah. it. Well. Well. Work. Work great. Worked great is is relative. So it worked when I got okay. it. Uh, the bed, the bed, as with many Ender Five Pros or Ender Fives in general, apparently was warped. Um, so I had bed issues, and one of the things that helps with that is getting um, this thing called a BL Touch, yeah, which allows it to auto sense the bed and do the measurements and all that stuff. So I got one of those, uh, and I got that installed and fired up and started working with that and the first problem that i had with that is that it was uh maybe configured improperly and instead of you know coming down and touching the surface so that it could print it tried to drive itself through the surface that's a problem uh so now i have a new a new yeah so the the magnetic bed that it had i had to pull that off and put something else on um so I have a new piece there, but then the other problem that I was having, which is fairly common, is the extruder uh, was skipping. Um, You're an extruder. So I, I I did a bunch of of work trying to get it to not skip, uh, and it was not um, it was not cooperating. So I moved to a what's I called a dual from, extruder. Is, is that um, is that where is that where it's trying to feed in PLA and it's basically spinning instead of yeah. feeding? 
Yeah, Mine you'll hear that you'll hear a click. Yeah, you hear like a right. Beep. So yeah. so yeah, I, I can send. There's a uh, my son found a really good article on how to actually possibly fix it on the okay. ex, on the with the single uh, drive extruders. But what I got was called a a, a dual drive extruder, which is um uh instead of having a freewheel on the one side for the for the um, mm-hmm. the PL there the uh, for the material to flow through, it actually uses gears on both sides and drives huh. them both okay. directly so that it pushes on both sides and drives it through um, uh, for a whopping like 15 bucks or something. Uh, so that that actually fixed that problem entirely. Um, but I was still having trouble with the, the bed leveling and getting it to print right. Um, and Creality's firmware is not the best. Um, yeah, I've heard that. Pretty much every single article I read said, you know, build your own firmware. And I, I just haven't had time. So uh, my son stumbled upon Creality firmware that actually works, which is what we have now. Um, so in the interim between that and building my own, that's what we'll use. So that's that's up and running now. So I would I would like links. For so like that's all one project. Send me links. Yes, for, I can. All, I can send you links to things. The the bed on mine is okay, so I I haven't dealt with I haven't even looked into BL Touch though I've heard of it right. Um, the the drive yep. thing is definitely a problem for mine. I assumed that it was that PLA was getting jammed in the hot end, but I don't. Maybe that's there's not a, it. Yeah. So there's a, no. Well, that could also be it. So the you have a uh, a Bowden tube that goes into your hot end. Yeah. Right. And if you didn't do anything when you got it, you know, I'm not sure how yours was set up, but if you just pushed it in there and you were like, cool, that's the wrong way to do it. Okay. There's a whole procedure that you can go through. Basically, what you want to do is push the Bowden tube in until it hits the hot end, but have the hot end a little bit untightened by by about a a quarter turn or so. And then you heat up the hot end and then tighten it. And it creates a seal yeah. because if you don't do that, there can be a little yeah. gap between the tube yeah. and the hot end. And then the, 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 um, the liquid PLA gets in there. Yeah. And gums yeah up that's, the that's what I think is happening to mine. Cause every now and then I'll have yeah. trouble with that skipping. And then if, if I try to, there's sometimes when I try to unload the PLA that it's literally stuck, I can't pull it back out of the tube, Yeah, which I think is what's happening. I think that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah, it's possible. Yep. So the 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 dual. I mean, if everything else is working, just get the dual drive ex, uh, extruder. It's super simple yeah. to put in. Um, like I said, it's like fifteen bucks on Amazon. It's 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 like nothing. It's just, but it works amazingly cool. well. Look into that. So so yeah, I've been playing three D printer games. I've I've just got to do a little tuning, and and I think everything will be great. Sounds like fun. I have been thinking about improving the bed. It's it could be that it's slightly warped, but it's not like I can print. Right. But I do notice the that middle... I have some leveling. Like even if I get it as, as level as I can get it, right? There's still cases where on the initial layer it gets real thin at spots and it's thicker at others. Which yeah. makes me think it's that the bed is not as true the as it's bed, supposed to be. The, the bed seems to be my, one of the my bed big, was concave. Yeah. The bed seems to be one of the big challenging pieces in a three D printer. Yeah. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of uh mods people do to them a lot of the tips are around how to make the bed better yeah that's a yeah you know 
Yeah, my, my bed was concave, so if I tried to print anything relatively small, I forget it. Because it would the the because it was level the way that it was leveled when you leveled the four yeah, corners. The center was not the good. The middle was like yeah, the the middle was below yeah. that. And if you tried leveling closer to the center, now the edges are up too high and, and it ends yeah. up dragging yeah. and yeah, it's just a problem. So my my fix for that was taking a couple of pieces of folded uh, a couple folded pieces of paper and sticking it under the magnetic yeah. bed, which mm-hmm. worked. Um, but you know, I, it was it was sort of a pain to you know because it wasn't leveling properly, and and so I figured I'd check out the BL Touch stuff, and and because that's supposed to fix all that, and it did. Um, but then I ran into other problems. Uh, now I have a I have a new piece for the bed that's not magnetic. It's made out of a different material, um, and it's, it's level as can be. Vibranium. Yeah, probably vibranium. I was considering so, looking into so just yeah. replacing the bed. I don't know if that's a thing you can do or not, but can you just I, get a, a I more assume true you can. bed? The other the, <laughs> there's a there's there's a couple there's actually three D printed parts that you can make to to firm up the bed. Everybody likes a firm bed. Everybody waka likes a waka. firm bed. So anyway, 3D printers. 3D printers. So, so that's the 3D, 3D printer printers thing. Printers are awesome and a real pain in the ass. Is really what it comes down to. Yes. Yes. Although the the uh, the endless printer that uh, um, uh, real sexy cyborg came up with is pretty cool. I don't know if you've I don't seen think that. I yet. have. So it's a, it's a 3D printer. But instead of the normal bed that it has, it has a conveyor belt. Nice. <laughs> so you can start printing and just go. <laughs> it's really cool. So you can do like conveyor belt printing on it and it just prints, you know, you can print like 400 copies of something and it just drops them off the end. It's really nice. neat. <laughs> That's so, pretty cool. So yes, adventures, adventures in 3D printing. Um, and then the other, the other adventure is um, I'm, I'm trying to get the arcade cabinet uh, uh, finalized. So I've got, I've got, uh, uh, um, I've got all of the content that I could possibly have, uh, appeared out of nowhere Magic. one day. Can, can you even imagine? And, uh, yes, yeah, it was very weird. Magic. Um, and now the, the challenge is that Wait. if I, <laughs> the challenge is that, um, when I built it, I use these things called zero delay USB encoders, one for each joystick, Okay, which is, Supposed to be the way yeah. that you do it. Um, I'm guessing that for whatever reason, response because no delay. Zero, zero. Delay. zero. Yeah, they're they're digital, so they're they're no delay. It's whatever. I just I just sort of followed what I was told by somebody who's done this before. <laughs> the problem is that for whatever reason, uh, RetroPie doesn't recognize the second one, um, so that it won't it won't. Or what normally happens is that the second one becomes the primary, and the primary just doesn't work at all. That's fun. And it has something to do with the PCI addresses being only off by one. Um, so I, I, I did some more research on it and digging and digging, trying to figure out what the hell. Um, and I found this puppy. This is called an IPAC 2. Okay. Uh, it is an analog uh, joystick controller. Uh, and the, I, the 2 in the IPAC 2 signifies two joysticks so it is a single device See, that drives both joysticks so you can play robotron properly yes in the notes when you said ipac i was really hoping that you were referring to compact's competitor to the imac from the 90s but which was a friggin uh, suitcase 
You should oh, you should hand it back to your little bitchy. I you, need a second laptop. <laughs> <laughs> you say you say iPack, and I remember I remember the iPack computers, but what I remember more is the uh, the the uh, PDA, the iPack PDA. Oh right, right. Yeah, I, there I is guess the iPack wasn't a direct somewhere. competitor to the iMac. I was just thinking, I was just remembering wrong. It was just the iPack yeah. was a computer made the, by iPack. Uh, the the iPack PDA is in this office somewhere. I just don't but know that where was I the, put it. That was I the IPAQ, one. not the IPAC, which is what you've put in the notes. Uh, I don't think there was an IPAC from right. Compact. Because Compact it was always was with a Q. Because P-A-Q, Compact yeah. with a Q. Yes. Compact. Yes. <clears throat> so so yeah, that that little device is supposed to run both joysticks, um, and and all of the various buttons that I have. And uh, I'm just waiting for the the crimp connectors to show up, and and I'll get that nice. all uh, all set up. So I'm, I'm kind of excited that about cool. that. I set um, up yeah, I set up a Raspberry yeah. Pi four just connected to my TV with uh, RetroPie on it because I had some. What? I was I I actually bought a Pi four because I was going to put Home Assistant on it, but then I cheaped out and bought only a two gig Pi four and realized Home Assistant really needs more than that. And uh, I figured I would put a RetroPie on it, and it's awesome. I can run PlayStation games on it, PlayStation 1 games on it now, which is pretty damn cool. Yeah, uh, Pi 4 is what I have in yeah. the arcade. Um, I figured might as well. Of course, I bought the Pi 4, I got all the parts and everything, and then I went to put RetroPie on it, and they're like, yeah, we don't support the Pi 4. And I went... Yeah, they do now. Who doesn't support the Pi 4? They do now. Yeah, they, they do now. They did, maybe they didn't then. When I got it, they didn't. You can work didn't. on this thing was, like a year. I was, I was so disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. You knew they would, and it was just a matter of time. Yeah. It really yeah. was. But yeah, it's, it's spectacular. Yeah. I'm waiting it for my uh, job. I'm waiting for my touring pie to show up. Your what? I got the, I got a so touring pie touring is, is a Alan touring? Yes. Uh it is a, a board last Alan for there we go. But my uh my glass it's is empty, empty but now, sure. so that means all of us need to take another it's break a, and get uh, some more beer. Or whatever. <laughs> it it it, it's a it's a Raspberry Pi compatible board that runs, I think, either four or eight Raspberry Pis in parallel. Oh, that's cool. Using the uh, the Pi Compute nice. modules. That's so cool. um, I got a line on one of those, so that should show up someday, and I can mess around with that. So fun, fun. And then my 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 final my final thing is um, uh, I found out. Three hours ago, two hours ago, that um, apparently uh, I'm going to be remodeling the bathroom. Ew! Good luck. Remember the kid I mentioned that's on spring break? Uh-huh. He decided he decided that he needed a project, and convinced my wife to allow him to rip the wallpaper out of the bathroom so that he could paint it because the wallpaper is kind of ugly, and you know we we've wanted to do that anyway. Mm. Um. And uh, so today he ripped the wallpaper off. And uh, since the the person who lived in this house prior, who built the house, uh, was a plumber, you can imagine what was behind the wallpaper. A wall? Pipes? Uh, I honestly do not know what the hell this material is that he used to make the wall, because it's like no drywall I've ever seen. Uh, and this house was built in the 80s, that's by the way. That's no moon. That's um, your mother. He... He did not caulk anything, so there's no sealant oh, around oh, the tub or oh. anything. Yep. 
it's not yep. sealed. And uh, and 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 thus the uh, at the bottoms near the edges, everything is all rotted. So uh, all of that has to come out, and I got to I got to so, put new. Listen, new I'm, I'm going to tell so. you right. So years ago, I renovated an entire bathroom. It started with wanting to put in a medicine cabinet. I'm very familiar and with it this. It turned into gutting very the entire familiar. freaking room down to studs. Drywalling, yep. tiling, new bathtub. The only thing we didn't replace was the toilet. <laughs> so here's here's the horror story. This happened two days ago. <laughs> so the laundry room is over there. The bathroom's there. The dryer has a pipe that goes up into the ceiling and across and into the bathroom area, and one assumes that that goes outside. Frank, my guy doing the demolition, calls. I'm on a call with a customer. He calls my wife down because he has to shower something. The dumbass, Nate, you're going to have to edit this out, the dumbass motherfucker who built the house, who the prior owner, the, the exhaust pipe for the dryer just ended a few yeah. feet in the ceiling. And no, it was, I, I get that. that the whole ceiling was yep. filled with lint. It looked, the lint looked like insulation. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I get that. Like, believe what me, is the, I've, what? The, remember yep. I said how my grandfather lived through the Great Depression? Yeah. I live in his house. You can imagine the stuff I have found, the corners that he cut, the things. I mean, he had. He had our we did our we 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 redid our master bathroom a couple of years ago. Not like full remodel, but we put in a shower and we put down vinyl tiling. Uh when we did so, we took out the vent fan that was in the shower and replaced it with a new one. We found that the old vent fan vented into a piece of rain spout that was in the ceiling and just vented into the attic floor. <laughs> oh, it didn't oh, okay. go outside. I was gonna at mention all. that too. One of yeah, one of one of the previous houses that that we had had a vent fan that that the vent was there. You turn the fan on and it would go, and you know we had ripped apart the the ceiling or whatever to, to work on it and looked, and the vent it was unconnected yeah. to anything. Right, it would just vent it into just the there. ceiling. They just put it in and left it there. Yeah, yeah. No, this at least went into a piece of rain spout. Which no, no, this which, just which there was nothing like connected to it. It and just then went vented nowhere. into the floor, the floor above it. Yeah. It's like what? Who? What? <laughs> yeah, and that's not the first thing like that I've found. So, Mark, I completely understand <laughs> your pain. <laughs> I yeah, but apparent apparently the uh, I I I decided to paint the bathroom and it turned into a massive remodeling project is is sort of like just yeah, a it is. Thing. It really is. It's like oh, I just wanted to change the wall. Oh yeah. my god, what is oh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of where we are right now. We're like, oh, and then and then immediately because I've I've done this before and I knew what was coming, and I looked at it and went, I really don't want to replace you, the drywall because I the, if I take the drywall off, it's going to get can worse. You just put the wallpaper back and forget we saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just we'll just I know. Just well, then, <laughs> then I, I I haven't been able to figure out if the ceiling was put in after the walls or before the walls, so I'm not sure where the drywall ends. Yeah, uh, and then then the corners are done. I, I don't know if they do this anymore, but the corners were done the old way with the uh, the steel, uh, uh-huh. ninety degree pieces yeah. of metal. Yeah. So that's got to come off. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, I don't and, know. If and that's then there's paneling that's, underneath, and I don't know if that's yeah. It's it's that's just usually it's becoming how you, a big problem. That's usually how you reinforce an outside corner, or you mean an inside corner? Yeah, yeah. An outside yeah. corner will usually no, have it's a an piece outside of corner. steel. Well, it's like aluminum almost, but yeah, that's that's as far as I know, that's still yeah, that's still yeah. Normal. Oh no, this thing is this thing is steel. It's it's um, it's rusty. Um, it's it's yeah. rusted. Then it's steel. Yeah. I think they're aluminum now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, so I've got to deal with that. And then, you know, I mean, so at this point I had, I went to my wife and I'm like, so before I start this, just, just to make sure <laughs> you don't want to replace, cause the, you know, the, it's, it's from the eighties. So like the, the, the tub and the toy, they're all like, like this uh -huh. weird peach, uh -huh. pink, ugly color. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not gonna, you don't want to replace this. Right. Like, cause now's, now's the opportunity. The She's like, absolutely not. I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna okay. be writing checks, so. <laughs> well, well, phase one is I attempt Good to do luck. it. Um, and and no, uh, we we did a bathroom uh, if, ourselves. The one that the one that I said we started with a cabinet. Uh, we did that ourselves. It took about four months, and it still cost. Yeah, me I know. About I remember. Grand. I think we may have talked about it on Maybe. the show. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I think this is going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a good effort. And uh, if it goes sideways, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm just going to, you know, pull out the checkbook and just, who yeah, can we hire? A, Cause I'm not yeah, dealing cause, with this. Cause renovation folks love coming in the middle of a project. Just saying. <laughs> I have no problem. I like, if this was the living room, or a bedroom. Okay, fine. You know, like I don't. That's fine. But a bathroom or a kitchen, uh, just hire somebody. Yeah. There's important things it's, that need it's to both enter totally and game. leave that room. Yeah. Most important are the things that need to leave. matter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So I mean, good so, good luck with that. So I've I've done fun. I've done bathroom renovations. Luckily, I mean, I think it, this is the same case in your house, but. Uh, we had two bathrooms to work with, so that was good. But, um, and I hope that's true, because if not, just hire someone. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's there's multiple yeah. bathrooms that we yeah. can deal with. It's it just that happens to be where the shower is. So, mm. so yeah, yeah, we had a second. I, I think they call it a three quarter bath, where you don't have a bathtub but you have a stand up shower. We had one of those, so that we were able to shower. Yeah, we have we have one of those as well. I'm just that that's you know. It's too far away. Wow. It's in the basement. You gotta like gotta carry go your downstairs. clothes down with you and get a shower. Yeah. yeah. Dirty clothes back. Yeah, it's terrible. First world problems. So anyway. I I need a bathroom on every floor so that I don't have idea. to just like my laptops. I have a laptop on every floor. Perfect. But do you throw any of them away when they don't work? Of course. It's the first <laughs> thing I do. Ah, this program ah! crashed. I throw the laptop away and get a new one. All right, so I'm going to try to keep it brief, but we all know how that's going to go. Uh, it's, you're not going to be brief. The, the, tonight, we might as well not even try to do the first, this. Is there the, any that is important? The first is apparently a note that Jason added that I hate technology, and I don't really know where that came from. Uh, there was a lot of... Um, uh, let's see. Colorful uh, metaphors. Escalated language being used I at the time when metaphors. we were testing Star Trek Four call and out. trying to I get don't. all of this this, this streaming I stuff. I don't know to what work. you're talking about. I don't do that. I never lose my temper when it comes to te technology. It's all great. I I could it's have been dreaming perfect. 
I think it was. You're, you're dreaming it. You were listening to Uncle Mark. <laughs> I don't listen to Uncle Mark. I know better. He's learning. All right. So, Mark, the, yeah. the, the first Nick's totally calm. You should have heard him yelling at Roll20 on Tuesday night. Oh, yes. That was very frustrating. <laughs> and nothing meanwhile, like, you had Ryan just being Ryan. Nothing you like know. when you're trying to run a freaking game and uh, you can't open the sheet the character sheet for the npc you need to you need to roll for because you know while you had ryan roll 20 you have one job give me the stuff i need so i can roll the freaking thing ah yes yes reload is your friend yep but reload it did closes all the windows you opened up yep and it didn't fix the problem and it doesn't make ryan stop being ryan yeah but he's a good guy. Oh my god, that was no, it wasn't even Ryan that was the problem. Ultimately, it was, it it was, was Adam. a friend from Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so there's now a note for Roll Twenty is not your friend. Roll Twenty <laughs> is pretty amazing. It was just having a bad night. It is. It is pretty good. Um, for for those of you that have no idea what we're talking about, um, Uncle Mark we're runs, talking about the dungeons and the dragons. Yeah, Uncle Mark runs a D and D campaign on Tuesday nights that I'm part of and um since i've needed a break right since i have some experience dming although it was 20 years ago um we decided to i'm I'm running a game now while mark recharges so um it's when will i be done recharging how many i don't know how many of your npcs how many of your npcs washed washed up on shore after rowing their coffins away from ravenloft god that wasn't ravenloft that was that was a totally different system (laughs) oh Remember that was Savage Worlds. Okay. That was Savage Worlds, and he was no. That's yeah. that's that, yeah. You drug him there, but he was he was all screwed up because he was in Ravenloft. Well, he was screwed up because the character I based him on got screwed up in Ravenloft. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was fun. That was a fun campaign. Savage Worlds, folks. Day after Ragnarok is a really cool uh, system, I guess. I, module and, is and it a module? Yeah, I the, guess the, the module. That's the module, yeah. Savage Worlds is a really interesting system. The the whole oh exploding God. dice uh, uh, concept is just, yeah. <laughs> Buckets of dice. Buckets of dice. No, so yeah. So uh, uh, Savage Worlds is a D six based uh, gaming system where most of your rolls are done with a D six, um, and on things like damage rolls, uh, if you roll a six or whatever the max is for whatever dice you're rolling, it's referred to as an explosion and then you roll it again kind of like a critical hit in D where you get extra I, damage. No, I love the idea it sounds like fun and but the thing is it'll compound if you explode on the second roll it explodes again and again and again and again until you run out of luck essentially until you stop yeah, rolling until sixes. you stop rolling sixes well one of the guys that was playing with us uh, whenever the DM would throw like a big badass, like this is the end boss kind of guy at us, just I don't know. This guy does have a physics degree, so maybe he did this intentionally somehow. But <laughs> he would just, by dumb luck or by physics, I don't know, uh, he would well, explode course. his dice and I one shot the freaking baddie. <laughs> the the look on the DM's face after he spent all of this time setting up this. Epic and battle. Rich one shots it for one guy to one shot his epic boss was just amazing. Now the best part of the story is that right after the boss is killed, it is it is now the DM's turn and the little mooks come yeah. up. So this little dude comes up with an axe. That's all Shots he has. 
the guy that killed the big boss has a, a sniper, you know, this big ass sniper rifle. He's like armored to the teeth, like amazing. The mook comes up, and and one of the things with the whole exploding dice is it doesn't just work for the right. players; it works for the DM. So the mook comes running up and throws his axe because that's the only action he has, and the dice proceed to explode like dozen times yeah. in a row, and he one shots the player. And it was, it was, it was total RPG. You've karma. got the DM who's like <laughs> crestfallen, and then he one shots the player, and the player is like, "What? I what? I but yeah, it was. That's okay. Awesome. The ship of nails brought him back with no hair. It was fine. Yes, yes. I I I, I gave him a Viking funeral, and the ship of nails brought him back. <laughs> yes. Ah, oh, oh, good times. Good times. Anyway, the thing I'm trying uh, to actually... Nalgafar. Yes, the thing I'm actually trying to talk about, Mark, is something that I think you might be interested in. Uh, my wife picked up a board game to play with the family. It's called Pictopia. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. Well, I'm about to. It's a Disney game where uh, basically you, 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 know, you move throughout a board, and every time you land on a square, you you pick up a card and the card has a question and there's several different like scenarios in which you have to try to answer the question, but all of the, can you sing your answers? Uh, Mark probably could, but all of the answers are based on your knowledge of Disney movies. You, this would be perfect for you. Now I, it's probably a little below the age category of your children, but maybe you want to just pick it up and test your Disney knowledge. I don't know. It's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a fun game. It's, it's for ages seven plus. Yeah, right, so. seven plus. Your your kids fall into that range, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so anyway, it's uh, it's fun. I thought you might appreciate it, just because I uh, do appreciate it because it's... games are awesome. Yeah, it is pretty fun. Um, I don't know if it's because I watch too many Disney movies, well, or not. But we, if you have children, if you're if you had children grow up during a certain time frame, you had no choice because you had the. You have the ability to, um, you, you, all, the, you had the DVDs running constantly. No, this was before we had kids. Okay. <laughs> I'll try, I'll try to give you an out. Okay. Anyway, I, as, maybe I was just raised on Disney movies. I don't know what it is. But at any rate, um, yeah, it was kind of a fun game. And if anybody out there has kids that are in the roughly 6 to like 10 or 12 range, you might have fun with it too, especially if you like Disney stuff. Um, the other thing I wanted to show is uh, I talked about this open source thermostat a couple weeks ago when we last recorded, and now I have actual thermostat, although it's not in a case yet. So yeah. It's it's becoming a real thing, right? So like here's a bunch of relays that actually control my heating system and whatnot. Obviously, this isn't installed yet because I'm still figuring out some integrations. Here's the Raspberry Pi Zero that controls the whole thing. And here's the power supply, which will eventually end up on the board here, just kind of hot glued in place. Here's the like the temperature sensor and stuff. So yeah, it's getting there. It's pretty cool. I'm I'm kind of excited to get this working. At the moment it's not going so well, but uh we'll hope. Yes, Jay Scar, I got the I, new display. I like that the, I like that the brains, the Raspberry Pi Zero, is like the smallest. It really component. is. It really is. Um, and honestly, the reason they picked a Raspberry Pi Zero is because they based the whole thing on a different home automation system called OpenHab, 
and the Pi Zero runs OpenHab. So the idea behind the Hestia Pi, which is what this thing's called, is that it's not just a thermostat. You can actually use this as the home automation hub, right? I don't need it for that because I use Home Assistant for that stuff, and that's what I'll talk about next, which hopefully, again, will be brief. But um, so I'm trying to integrate this thing with Home Assistant, and I'm getting close, but I don't know uh, if it's going to be successful or not. So I'm not, I need like four of these things. So I have not purchased the parts to build the rest because I need to make sure it works first. <laughs> so that's where I am with that. And the other thing is, you guys might remember when we had Aubrey on, he was talking about these ESP8266 uh, controllers that come in certain home automation uh, products that you can purchase that, that can then be reflashed with Tasmoda, or you can buy them directly and build your own stuff. Uh, and then he also told us at the end of his little thing about Home Assistant that you should totally avoid Home Assistant because it will consume your life after you've installed it and set it up. Um, he's right. <laughs> this is a dimmer switch that I purchased that I've recently gone through the effort of flashing with Tasmoda. So this is going to go in my dining room and be controlled with Home Assistant. Um, the, the, maybe you can't see it on the camera, but I, I used to just have the one light in the corner. I now have two lights. There's a light bulb over there running Tasmoda because I just can't stop. So uh, it's going well, and uh, eventually I'm going to have to be checked into some kind of a rehab program, I think. Just saying. No doubt. Or, or, or hackers can invade your house and take over everything. Yeah, every one of these that I set up, fun. I'm terrified. So I'm, I'm currently at the point where I've, I've proven that things work. Uh, now I'm going to start figuring out how do I make them work and also be secure. <laughs> because we'll, we'll call this the... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the, the the test phase, I guess, or the proof of concept, right? So things are working. Now I need to figure out how to make them all good and secure. And there are ways to secure things, right? Um, so I'm going to work on that. Are you using Ansible to control your lights yet? No, not yet. I don't really need to because Home Assistant does it. Maybe I can use, maybe I can use uh, Ansible to control Home Assistant to control the lights. That'd be great. Is there a Home Assistant module for Ansible? You can write one. I could. You just need to know some Python, yo. There's just the next the next step in this whole thing is now I'm going to automate the automation with an automation tool. <laughs> and then I'll have the automation tool write its own automation. And then it becomes sentient. Then that's how you get the Skynet garbage. That's how we get Skynet. They never yes, learn. We finally. always invent Skynet over and over again. Yeah. Well, we haven't gotten there yet, which is a good thing. No, and if my if my uh, if if my Roomba's any indication, we're in no immediate danger of the robots ever taking over. You're probably right. You're probably right. So anyway, we've gone on uh, on and on about chat. We're almost two hours already. <laughs> let's let's go ahead and at least cover some news. What do you think? Yeah, whatever you want, man. Right, we start it late anyway. Yeah, we. Do. Are you a fan of the Iron Scissorman podcast? If you are, don't forget you can support the show via Patreon at patreon.com slash Or you can buy merchandise at teespring.com slash stores slash And thank you. 
So, can I make a smart-ass comment about the second news item? If you want to. If you've ever... Well, we're not at the second news item yet. Yeah, but I don't know if we'll ever get there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what's, what's your smart-ass comment about the second my news My smart-ass comment is that this story says major data center fire takes Rust servers and chess network offline. So... If you've ever played the game Rust, this is like deliciously ironic. Okay. Because this is basically what happens to somebody who plays Rust. They get in the game and maybe they gather some resources and they start to build a nice little house and then rampaging assholes descend upon them, kill them, <laughs> take all their stuff and burn their house down. I... So it couldn't have happened to a, it couldn't, it, it's so meta. It is, it's like Rust to the next level. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, it's not yeah. perfect for this poor company. <laughs> They, they even mentioned that in the first paragraph. So, so this is actually coming from an Australian news source, uh, Kotaku.com.au. Kotaku, they do a lot of gaming news. Okay. Kotaku. Kotaku, yeah. Kotaku. This is, this is the Australian network. arm of Kotaku. Okay. Kotaku is actually like a, a larger organization. Okay. Like All right. So, uh, yeah, major data center fire takes Rust servers and a chess network offline. Or, and quote-unquote, chess network. Apparently, there are several chess networks running from the same uh, cloud. They call it a cloud, but I'm going to get into that in a second. Um, yeah, cloud network, right? So there's there's a fire at one of four data centers. Um, there was a name for this company. I totally read this article, I promise. OVH. So they have four data centers. And the data center oddly looks like it's built out of shipping containers. I don't know how this works exactly. Uh, but maybe it's some, you know, new gen data center that's just a bunch of shipping containers and AC units. But maybe that's why it caught fire. Maybe. But yeah. I mean, look You're at the wrong. pictures. It, it looks does. like it's it made of like... shipping containers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agreed. So um, here's the thing that confuses me. And I didn't look into, like, where they have their data centers or anything. But they said that the fire took out one data center, damaged a second data center, and took the other two offline. So does that mean that their cloud, because they're calling it a cloud service, is actually just four data centers on the same plot? I mean, cloud is such an overloaded um, bullshit term nowadays. It kind of is, anyway. right? <laughs> so who knows? Um, they they do. So sorry, just, go ahead. It, it, no, it's a good question because um, so so much like uh, many of the other data center providers, they have. Um, so these are SBG one, two, three, yeah. and four. Um, and it's, from what I'm reading, SBG two is the one that was, yeah. uh, that was decimated yep. by fire, which is the wrong use of that word decimated. I hate that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, only a 10th of it should have so, burned down. Exactly. See, somebody right, exactly. gets it. SBG two is, yeah, SBG two is gone. So it's been, um, and they're it's been saying that they have to restart one, three, and four. So, so I don't understand what they mean by having to restart one, three, right. and four. That's my confusion. Um, that, that's sort right. of like, but there is mention. What does that There mean? is mention that another one was damaged in the fire, though. I thought earlier on in the article. What you mean? I did read this. I'm telling you, we don't have access here. We don't have access to the site. That's why B there's SPG one, SPG three, SPG four won't be restarted. Oh yeah. Uh, the second was badly damaged while the remaining two were taken offline. I don't know. Maybe they're like four of them clustered right. together. So are they like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very curious about the architecture of this whole thing because 
it literally, if you look at the, and there's a video here, I'm not going to play while we're live. I should have watched it before the, the thing, but it, mm. um, it really looks like this is some kind of a, like we've stacked up shipping containers and made data centers out of them. You're a little of. obsessed on the shipping containers thing, which I understand because Have that doesn't at seem the like the ideal. <laughs> Maybe that's why it caught fire. So, <laughs> Maybe. So the, the video is one of those AI, L, uh, ML, whatever you want to call it, uh, videos that are that are the the automated oh. voice just reading oh, text. Oh, I friggin' hate those. Never mind. It, it's I really bad. Immediately. Never mind, though. If you can't, if you can't actually yeah. pay a person to speak to me, I don't watch your video. They do look like shipping yeah. containers. Oh, Lichess was affected. I like Lichess. Yeah, well, they were that's, affected. That's the network I play on when I play chess. I haven't played lately because... So, well, now you're not playing it because it might be offline. <laughs> Maybe it's back now. Well, now I'm going to so, see so, if I can access it. So, yeah. So Rust, Rust, clearly, okay. Rust clearly did something wrong because they, they, they'll say here, we've, we've confirmed a total loss to the affected European servers during the data center fire. And they're looking to replace them, which is great. Data will be unable to be restored. I don't know. They, Somebody well, no. screwed so they, up their disaster. They recovery. called out later in the article that their systems team was able to lose only was able to restore up to the last twenty four hours of data. For it to be the full Rust experience, the first scenario was much more accurate. Where they didn't back where up the they data? lose all their data. Oh, yeah. okay. That would be the full Rust experience. Yeah, so maybe the data they're talking about is the the twenty four hours or whatever that they lost. Yeah, I don't see anything about that, but okay, sure. Yeah, all game progress is reset, Hang on. according to the the Rust uh, posts. But whatever, it's a video game. Who cares? No, no. Have you ever met some of these gamers? Some of these um, crazy. I gamers, am one of those gamers. Right? I mean, that's that can be a big deal. I remember. I mean, I get this. it. I mean, if I, the... I'd be mad if my like I actually have a nightly script that shuts down my Valheim servers, copies the world data to my filer, and that then gets synced up to Google. So I have like the on-site backup and the off-site backup. Oh. Yep, three, two, Hold one. On. They were talking about the Lichess data that was not lost, like the player records. Right. And stuff. Well, chess is really important. Yeah. So, I'm sure so they it said several up. of the Lichess servers burnt down to or in a data center fire tonight. No one was harmed, uh, thanks to our zealous sysadmin and his backups. All all we lost was twenty four hours of puzzle history. And they're talking oh, that, about light chess. Yeah, they're talking about yeah. light chess. Right. The zealous chess. Now I gotta go zealous. Yeah, honestly, all right. So the reason I found this article is because I have a Google search alert for the word sysadmin, right? And that's what that it keyed makes sense. on. Yeah, I've heard the show. That's what it keyed on. So that's why I found this article. <laughs> all right. Oh anyway. boy. Oh boy. So we have more news. Let me think here. Let's let's pick one more of these. What do you think? Oh, we got to talk about the Google Pay one just because I want to hear Mark complain about it. Ah. Uh, but there's also this one about code signing. What do you guys think? Google Pay and spying on people or code signing? 
code signing. Let's see what's up with that. Yeah, let's go code, code signing. Because we know Google is a bunch of dicks. Yeah. Right, well, okay. See. So quick summary. Google Pay, which maybe you've heard of, is uh, just payment service from Google. Apparently, so far, they have not used any of your data for like advertising and monetization purposes. So far. So far, right. So in India, they're already starting to roll out a program to start monetizing your payment data. How do you monetize someone's payment data? I guess they are they're gonna mine it based like based on like buying habits and whatnot. I don't know. They they don't go into that kind of detail, but they say that there's a new update coming to Google Pay, which is basically gonna say like, hey, will you opt into this thing that makes us money, please? So if you're in India and use Google Pay, you should know that. Anyway. I All use right. cra I, I, I in theory have Crapple Pay, but I only use it for a handful of use. Yeah, cases. so I used to use Google Pay just because I could do contactless payment at uh uh terminals that accept Google and Apple Pay. Or you know Right, that way you don't have to touch other people's germs and shit. Right. And I don't have to actually pull out my credit card and have people, you know, possibly like touch your credit card with their germs and shit. Well, it's not just a germ thing. It's a it's a security thing, right? No, it, I get you. If but the card never leaves my wallet, they can't see the number. Um, if I'm not swiping it, they can't skim it. Because I know these it. assholes aren't washing their hands after using the bathroom, even though the sign says all employees must. You're right. You're right. But now that I have a, now that my bank card has contactless payment built into it with NFC, I don't have yeah. to use Google Pay, so I stopped using it. So you, so you can be less monetized. Right. Anyway. The, they, 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 apparently, they, I guess Google Pay is changing something. Anyway. I, I guess something. we are. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I, I saw a bunch of complaining about Google Pay changes and and what they're doing. I I don't use it, so I haven't. They been they keep advertising at me that they want to be more of a financial app, like not just a more payment. More of you that want to take more right. not, of you. Not just a, a yeah. mechanism for payment, but they want to be a like a like a personal finance app. Right. They're like, oh, you can do your budgeting right. through Google Pay. Like, I don't know if I want to do that. Thank you. <laughs> what? They're just going to just like they do with your mail. They're, all they're going to do is look at the metadata, which means that it's going to mine the entire right. thing. And then they're going to serve your advertisements based on what your what, what's in your finances. So the, since we're talking about it anyway, the Google Pay article is from TechCrunch. Uh, it's in the show notes. You guys can go read it if you want to. But the article we were really going to talk about uh, is from Tech Republic, not TechCrunch, even though they're similar. Uh, a new Linux Foundation open source signing tool could make software supply chains universal. Secure software supply. Did I say secure? Could make secure software supply chains universal. Da, 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 da. And I'm the one drinking all the bourbon. Yeah, That's well, one you know, had a, but it was it was a couple of fingers. I had, a, I had a pretty like. strong beer. All right. That's yeah. like 11 percent. And I drank the whole thing in the first half of the show. I'm a Viking. Excuses. I didn't all say, I'm hearing is excuses from people who can't I didn't hold say their I was liquor. A Viking. I also didn't say I was drunk. <laughs> I just made a damn I'm mistake. I'm just <laughs> I'm just in a good mood now. <laughs> all right. So. Anyway, this... have you heard that? Sorry, go ahead. Have you heard that? that, that now. <laughs> have you heard that signing your software is going to make supply chain attacks impossible? Totally impossible. Bullshit. Right. <coughs> Sorry. So, so the idea here is that they want to make it easier to sign to sign source in an open source project, which is traditionally a problem. 
It's at least that's the way the article presents it. I've never committed code to an open source project. I don't really know how that half of it works, uh, but I can imagine it would be a problem since the code is in fact open and you could have you know contributions from lots of people. Uh, but the idea yeah. here is, and they, I want to, I want to be clear. They compare it to blockchain, but it's not blockchain. It's because blockchain is what's in everybody's mind. Right. So blockchain buzzword, is yo. right a buzzword. No, they they compare it to to cryptocurrencies and blockchain because they're using public right. logging. Mm -hmm. So so it's they're they're signing it. It's a cryptographic signature. Right. In a public log. Now, I haven't looked at it, but um, you basically just described blockchain. Yeah, yeah but it's not yeah. the. I think the point they're trying to make is that it is not the same technology as blockchain. It's just the same concepts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so yeah, it depends on what you consider blockchain. Uh, hurt, yeah, okay. Need more bourbon <laughs> now. Uh, they had a name for it, which I which I read earlier. It was called like. So, Sigstore. No, well, right. Sigstore is the thing, but there was a there was a name they used for the technology. Transparency Man, logs. You must, you transparent just, aluminum. You just read faster than I do. This is transparent apparently. aluminum. <laughs> so they're they're supposed to be more resilient to majority attacks, and basically the idea. So with blockchain, you can have what's called a majority attack. So if you control the majority of the um, the nodes in blockchain, you can change it and override. There's a plot line in Silicon Valley about that. Yes, yeah, exactly. This is this is where uh, they were working against the uh, the Chinese factory, who they were all programming Slaves. the phones and yeah. you know, yeah. So Silicon Valley, so, yeah, man, exactly same thing. Silicon Valley is how you do a nerd show. Not like that garbage <laughs> Big Bang Theory. Silicon Valley. Is hey, Big Bang Theory was awesome. No, it, wasn't. it was terrible. Don't you start. It was terrible. It was terrible. great. That was some awesome people love show. it. Some people hate it. I've heard both Nerd sides. reference. It, it, Nerd it. reference. Canned laughter. Oh, he said something nerdy, so it's funny. No, Silicon Valley actually had intelligent, had storylines that, that <laughs> you can actually appreciate from a nerd perspective. Yes, you're exactly right. How to how to jack off the entire audience to ensure that you win the prize? But they use complete yeah. with engineering diagrams. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> which, led to, which which led to the compression algorithm? Now, yes, I mean it was it was it, look it was great. I, I enjoyed every now, minute. Not of only it, so. do we have a fight. Anyway, yeah. now, not only do we have a fight over what show is better. It's a nerd fight not over even what show is better. Silicon Valley, so much better than the big crap bang theory. Yes, Mr. Robot is the best. Thank you, Jscar. And Mr. Robot also has no laugh track, so it scores points right, for that. Right. Mr. Robot fell off the cliff on episode on, on season. I haven't like, seen past season the three, third season, whatever, whatever, whatever season it was where it, it didn't actually all happen. It was all in his head. It was such nonsense. Yeah. Wasn't that anyway, the first season? Uh, okay. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> halt it. Halt. Yeah. So, halt so and the, Catch Fire was also a good one, I thought. Halt, halt and Catch Fire was yeah. amazing. Yes. Yes. I will not fight with Jason about that because I. That was we, an, Oh, it was just. I awesome. don't know how old you are, but I'm old. I'm old enough to actually remember that shit live. That's what I. That's what I loved about it, right? So these are like things that actually happened in computing history, yes. but they were just like the names and the uh, names were changed, right? It was yeah, close yeah, enough, yeah, right? Basically. It was close it, enough. It was, it was dramatized, and the names were changed. Yeah. But I, I thought it was really cool. <laughs> and 
It was cool. And no, the same person did not do all I of know, those I know, that was the thing, right? They made the same guy. License, the whole, yeah. But the overall look and feel and the... It was they, good. They, I thought it was they good. tapped into it really well. Yeah. So anyway... Blockchain oh right, and blockchain and logs. code signing, and the, oh, we're talking about an, ar- so, an article. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know, uh, I don't actually know a whole lot about transparency logs, but it sounds like it's sort of the same, but but overcomes some of these problems. Yeah. Um, now this article says that uh, transparency logs are more mature, uh, and if that's the case, why didn't blockchain use it? Because blockchain has problems that major problems with that stuff. I don't um, know. You'll you'll why never you'll, you'll probably never see land, a majority attack. Why didn't but, we land on HTDVD and why didn't we land on Betamax? Because it's the same reason that like uh, guidance, <laughs> like with the pandemic, why has guidance changed? Because you learn more, you learn how to do shit better. Yeah. yeah. New new facts present themselves, mm-hmm. and with software and open source, you get new ideas injected in, and you're like, oh yeah, that was friggin' obvious. Why didn't we think of that? Right. right. Just, that's the way. That's the way technology right. works. You figure out new ways to do stuff. So, so this thing is is apparently designed to help people cryptographically sign open source projects. Um, is it specifically source code, or is it the the releases, or both? Uh, I would say it's. I don't, I'm not even sure. I would say it's probably probably both. both, because but it's part of part of the. Um, Part of the uh, part of certain security standards, you know, is is making sure that you've got the proper versions of RPMs installed, you know, from a binary right. perspective. Like, so right. like like when a major vendor like Red Hat or or Novell or or Oracle, when they release RPMs, they have you know they have the the signing the the, the checksums yeah. and the signings that yeah. verify that right. yeah this was indeed compiled that- by us, and it's not it's not uh, a bad player that's been injected. Right. Right. And what what this is doing is is, quote unquote, solving the problem of of doing that. And, and, and it's not that this stuff is hard. It's that you have to set it up to do it. And people don't. People are lazy. People are lazy. very lazy. Yep. Right. Absolutely. So why? Why? So if you download, I mean, raise so- your hand, raise your hand. If you download a tar GZ file from an open source repository and check the checksum. Right. That's so what I the, thought. Now, raise your hand if Yum checks the checksum for you when it downloads right. it. Oh, yes, it does, because that's what it's designed to do and why everybody uses that. Right. So, can, I mean, you the, can turn that off, though. You can turn the, off. GPG yeah, you, you can. You no. can. So the, the thing here is. But that's that an extra step. This is, this is a, a classic case of, like, I want to get my thing done. Right? In this case, that thing is coding. Yes. Right. Security checksums and GPG keys and whatever are extra things I have to think about. And all I really want to do is get my thing done, right? And some open source projects probably are very grateful for the code that people are writing. So they're not going to like reject them just because they're not following all of these signing guidelines. Uh, yep. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm right. just pointing out so, that it's it's it's... Just an automation of a thing that right. already so exists. So what I'm saying is making that easier, making it more automated, making it a thing that's easier to just not have to think about and it just happens is a good thing, right? Right. The The one thing that I will caution because, uh, you know, and, and I have to read through this again, but this is one of those, you know, 
um, we're going to make secure software supply chains universal. Yeah. This, uh, according to what I'm reading, takes, uh, where is it? It it uses, basically uses the normal X509 public key mm-hmm. stuff. Um, does a bunch of short-lived key pairs, blah, 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 blah. And it's pairing your signing certificate with an open ID connection. So if you're able to log in successfully, you can now sign this software. Okay, cool. I have not verified that you are who you are. Um, all I've done is automate this whole process. So this does not by any means solve supply chain attacks. It makes things slightly better, but if you've if like take for instance uh, some of the supply chain attacks that we've seen, and we've seen this. Um, where code is injected before it makes it into like CSCD systems or whatever internally to an organization and makes it out into a signed binary. So there's a lot more steps to this whole thing. There's still a lot more security that needs to be put into place overall. This is just one of those helpful steps. Yep. So it's not a it's not a silver bullet, but it's it's a step along the way. It's ju- it's it's yet another tool, but there's always going to be places where a bad actor can can insert. Yeah. Absolutely. The thing about yeah. bad actors the is they keep getting trickier and they keep finding ways to Those get Trixie in Hobbitses. Trixie Hobbitses. Well, the, th- the, the other thing about bad actors is they only have to they only have to win once. It's like when we cr- right. when my daughter and I cross the bridge into New Jersey, we drive through Toby Country. We have to we, we we have to be lucky every time. Toby only has to be lucky one time in a thousand. And if Toby's lucky, the bear right. eats us. Toby's the bear. Who oh, that bear! I remember you telling me this now. Toby country, man. Toby you, country. If you get complacent, you get eaten. And he might jump down from the bridge that crosses the highway if you're you not careful. You, you've crossed the river, you think you're safe, and all of a sudden, roar, there's Toby jumping off the bridge. He he got lucky that one time out of a thousand. Am I saying Toby's a hacker inserting malicious code? I'm not not saying I, that. I, I think. I think Mark needs some more whiskey. I thought that was Bob. I thought Bob was the evil hacker. Bob? That's Toby's alias. Toby. It's my buddy Bob. Buddy Bob. You know, my buddy Bob. He's the guy who's doing all the hacking and the illegal stuff. It's never you. It's always Bob. Oh, right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bob's, Bob's yes. the guy that finds me movies online, too. Yes. He's also your uncle. Bob's your uncle. <laughs> And with that, folks, <laughs> I think we're done for tonight. We've gone to Toby Country and Bob's your uncle. We've gone so. Thanks, <laughs> I think, for anyone who stuck with us this long. Um, remember, if you want to watch is us, still here because he's talking about Bob. Jay Scar is still here talking about Bob. Thank you for hanging out, Jay Scar. <laughs> we'll have to have you on again because you were wicked fun. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. All right. So remember, folks, you can watch us live when we do this crap if you really want to. <laughs> and you can do that on the second and fourth Thursday, roughly, of every month. Uh, you should go and find us on YouTube or Twitch to do so. Links for that are in the show notes. Um, you can also find us on the social medias, uh, both Twitter and Facebook. Just look for Iron Sysadmin. If you want to join our Discord community. Hang on. Discord! Uh, uh, where's the... Come on! Discord! I suppose I could just say that instead of hitting the button. It is me that said it, after all. So, right, if you want to join our Discord community, there's also a link for that in the Yay. show notes. Yay. That's on the other board. I can't switch. 
Yay. It's not quick enough to get back to the, the other. Yay. <laughs> Mark is distracting me. So that you got yeah. you got to do all that filler content in between before you can push the button. Yeah, right. You got to just keep talking until I can find the, you know, the whatever and the stuff and the and the. Oh boy! It's next. So anyway, thing. folks, it, it, it's next thanks, thing thanks for thanks for tuning in tonight. Thanks for hanging out until I mean, if you're hearing this, it means you have a lot of patience, and we appreciate that. Uh, remember, if you want to support the show, you can do so via Patreon. I talked earlier about the new tiers. You should go back and listen to it again if you've forgotten already, because that was like an hour and ten minutes ago. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, whatever you're doing, and we'll catch you in the next show. You guys got any final thoughts? Eh. Eh? That's your final thoughts? All right. That's, I that's mean, it? You know, keep on it's, trucking, yo. It's not even like good night, thank you. It's eh. Good night, thank you. I, no, you know what? I am super happy with the shift in weather we've had the last few days. I know it's going to get a little chilly again, but it's been a nice little pleasant, warmer days. Um, kind of needed that because January and February was Sucked. a rough was a rough row. Sometimes they, it was it was it was they were dreary. Seventy degrees out today, and I'm very nice. confused. I, wore, I actually wore shorts. I, I, I walked outside with my coat on because like, I had to go out and I went, what the hell? What happened? I was very There's confused. still snow on the ground? Yeah. Not, not yeah. much anymore. Yeah, good, a good bit too. I've got I've got a pile of snow that's probably about a foot and a half tall. So yeah, most, most I was, of my snow uh, yeah, totally lost. All right, no, folks. Now you've, got, now you've got a weather report from Pennsylvania. So thank you again for watching and I think we're going to call it. So good night, everybody. And we'll catch you next time.